On this week's episode, we take on the one and only Ted Bundy and his co-ed killing spree that invented the term serial killer and laid the foundation for modern day true crime. Then we share our mixed feelings about the Netflix original, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, as well as the 2002 movie, Ted Bundy. So crack open that law book and meet us in the pod shed. We already got the bong packed and we're talking about murder. everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah this is your other dumb host bailey me welcome back to episode 46 yep how's it going b it's going i missed you guys we took a break for the fourth happy birthday america yeah yeah i, I know it's rough but trying to explain <laughs> that to your daughter why she should be proud and i'm like eh. Should be yeah. whatever. I Listen, know. we're not going to go into that. No, that's too heavy right off right out the gate. Right. But we got a three day weekend out of it. Fuck yeah. So we both went out of town. You went to a lake to celebrate. We both went where it was cooler. You went cold. I, I went, went cool. Cold mm-hmm. to the coast. You went cool mm-hmm. to a lake, and uh, and we're back, back with a, a heavy hitter. Speaking of heavy hitters, I like it. A, I'm getting ready. A. So real quick. Um, and we are going to end up, I think, tonight tightening up our drinking game once and for all because it's getting a little out of hand. But one thing that oh. I'm like, OK, sure. No, I just mean like every week it feels like we're struggling for rules. Oh, the drinking game. I thought you meant we needed to calm down on our drinking. No. Uh, that's Jesus. What, I know. That's why I was like, we didn't have this conversation on in privacy. Who are we? <laughs> No, the game. But no, that one, makes sense. One rule that will always be here is if we're not in the pod shed, take a big drink, a gulp, a shotgun, a beer bong, a shot. And we're not. In yeah. fact, we are in a very special locale, B. I'm feeling pretty bougie right now. Yeah. Where yeah. are we? We're in my living room. So, yes, I have been child free. So it's the perfect opportunity to record in a new location. Hey, we're here. We're live. And anytime I'm kid free, the fucking bong is coming out because it's not something I could just casually put aside. It's a big ass bong. We got Big Bertha out here. We got our drinks a flowing. We have vegetables. We got some fun guy for later. Yeah. When we feel like being a couple of fun guys, I want to try to get through at least start semi sober talking about this one because I do have a lot of notes. Last week was a fucking train wreck. I loved it. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I did. You don't know how much I edited it out. I'm sure. I took out fucking a lot. I'm sure. A lot of me stumbling and bumbling. A lot of me crying about Lorraine Warren. Yeah, I loved it though. No, but I took a lot of it out. Okay. There was, it was excessive. And then for as much as I love Lorraine Warren, I forgot her name a thousand times. <laughs> I took out a lot of me like, what's her name? Elaine. And you're like, Lorraine. What's her name? Yeah, you're like Elaine. Lorraine. <laughs> so a lot of that, you know, a lot Amazing. of just fumbles and bumbles. But oh my gosh, I love it so much. It was a good time. It was our anniversary episode. It was a great time. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and catch up. Because it's our anniversary episode, you gave me a great present, which I loved. Your present wasn't here yet. So here you go. Happy belated podcast birthday. Please note, 
a birthday bag, but I reused your tissue from my present from last week's episode. Amazing. And was this the same birthday bag from no. my... Okay. Different bag. Uh, okay. But I thought you'd appreciate the repurposed tissue. tissue. Ooh. So we got bestie bracelets. Oh my God. They're so cute. I don't know if I want to be fuck it or fuck you. I found these funny bracelets at Hot Topic of all places because my daughter was buying oh. teenage jewelry there as we all do when we're her age. So I got us some bestie bracelets. One says, what does it say? Fuck off. And one says, fuck you. No, fuck it. Oh. Or fuck you. I think I'm probably fuck it. Yeah. I think you're definitely fuck you. Great. Yeah. Now, this is your real present. This is what I had to wait for. Little things. I was waiting for this in the mail. <gasps> oh, my jeez. Oh, and I, I have the matching Lord. set at home. I just it. already worn mine. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> I wore mine to work the other day. Oh, my what goodness. What does it be? Des- describe it for the listeners. It's the... I can't remember the name of the specific moth? moth, but yeah, it's the moth from Silence of the Motherfucking Lamb. And like little enamel earrings. They're so cute. Like if you don't know, you're just going to see like Probably a butterfly. butterfly. Uh-huh. But, but then if, if you, you do know, know, if you know, you know. Oh my goodness. That's so cute. I kind of want to get Violet's ears pierced just so she can have it set with our matching t-shirts. Yeah, if you just go on that person on the boxes Etsy, you'll find them. And they, I love she that actually has a bunch. And it's made in New Orleans. They, that was definitely part of the selling factor. I saw yeah. it made in New Orleans and I said, oh, we got to support this. I'm so excited. My favorite city in the U.S., New Orleans. Love it. Incredible. So amazing. Why are you checking your phone? Because. Checking on your child. Uh, yep. Tonight's my night to not have a kid. So if we get a text, we got to look. And it's just a picture that we can enjoy later. Look, Beautiful. All right. Do the bracelets. Oh, we're going to do them right now? Fuck yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about while I open them? All right. So we talked about America. Let's see. On Labor Day, technically, my work's supposed to be opening up 100%. But they've started inviting people back to my work. I think it's hysterical that no one has jumped on the opportunity and that they uh, we're good and they actually expect people who have been working from home. Like think about the people who have done like they've saved a ton of money on transportation, gas or whether they had to like commute in some other way and they've been making it work. They probably save money on lunches if you're cooking at home or whatever. Like sanity. They get to work without pants on. So I can't imagine What's going to happen when my company is all like, so, hey, guys, now it's time to come back in your fucking cubby hole and work from the fluorescent lights and pumped in air again. And Because like, don't you just want to be a team player? And exactly. Come on in. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen if people actually do come back to work. I don't think they can be forced into it. Yeah. I know a lot of people like one girl I was talking to who's been working remote the whole time. She's like, well, with all these different variants and surges, she's like, I'm perfectly happy just home in my bubble. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, that's always fun. All right. Awesome. Um, I'm starting as of tomorrow a whole you have a night without a kid. I get a whole week Dang. without any kids. How while exciting. You're with your do whatever it is you're doing with your parents. So is this Wyatt's baseball camp? Yeah. Wyatt will be at baseball camp. My other two will just be swimming and hanging out. But the point is, is me and my husband have no the kids. whole week. For a whole week. We're going to not cook anything. No. We're going to not 
do anything in our house Mm -mm. that creates a mess. Our house will be clean for a whole week. No stress. No nothing. It'll be fantastic. Incredible. Life-saving. On a side note, first of all, if you can leave us a comment, uh, a review, a rating, whatever, we really appreciate it. We love it. I love interacting with you guys. On that note, we had gotten a couple of kind of trollish comments on our Instagram about um, Chris Watts, about Shanann. Just a couple of pieces of shit who do not follow us. So I don't know how they even saw it. They must have just like popped up searching or whatever. But they were just a couple of two pieces of shit that um, left some negative comments about Shanann Watts. Just know if anybody leaves any negative comments, any kind of trollish comments about any victims, they're just getting deleted and blocked. Easily. I I won't interact with it. I won't entertain it. I won't give it attention. So just know that if you guys see anything and I haven't seen it yet, I will be going back and deleting it at some point when I do see it. Um, yeah, people are just garbage. And I didn't even mention in the in the Watts family episode that Chris Watts's family like regularly attacked Shanann Watts and her family, I guess Shanann's memory and her family. And since the trial and everything, um, Shanann's family gets like hit up online all the time like trolls go after them all the time people attack them online her <laughs> parents her brother it's gross it's disgusting like and what are you guys getting out of that if you are one of nobody listening to this would do that but no. seriously whoever's doing that go get some fucking therapy jesus yeah. christ like what type of person do you have to be to do that so any negative comments about any of the victims i mean technically the kind of people we like to talk about <laughs> But just gross pieces just, of shit. Yeah, just gross Disgusting pieces of people. shit. Uh-huh. But yeah, any negative comments will get deleted and blocked immediately. Not negative comments about the podcast or anything, but negative comments about victims. You're done. Right. We don't want to hear it. No. Um. Anything else you want to talk about, B? I guess um, I've got a couple TikTok trends that I'm super excited about. I don't know how, but somehow I got sucked into book TikTok. My favorite. I'm I know. On book TikTok all the time. Right. And I found one that I'll show you later because this girl is so crazy about these book series or whatever. And people are in the comments like saying the same thing. I've never even heard of these authors or these titles. Or yeah. These is it books. the um, it's supposed to be like sexy fantasy books? I have no idea. I'll let you know if you show me the TikTok. Well, I'll and that's exactly know. why I want to show you the TikTok because okay. I'm like down the rabbit hole like, oh, my God, should I be reading this shit? And I'm like, but I need to ask my expert. I know. <laughs> I haven't read any of them because I don't know. I just haven't gotten around to it. Right. I, on the other hand, am rereading Harry Potter number five for the 500th time. So, yeah. And then the other thing that's going around on the best friend trend are the best friend penis tattoos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the head and the balls. Uh, that's funny. I know. Um, yeah, I feel like I had so much to talk about, but I guess I don't. So let's tighten up the drinking game once and for all. Let's come up with, I mean, I have the definitive list, but let's come up with a short list of things every episode, no matter what. So if we're not in the pod shed. Yeah. Cheers. Right. Um, what else? Anytime we have a, like a, um, oh. an, an episode reference or like a monk reference. Oh, yeah. We talked about Monk was a significant deal. Monk. Okay, here we go. This is going to be the Titan down list. I swear to God. Anytime we say Tony Shalhoub. How about that? No. Isn't that his name? Yeah. 
You want it to be Monk. Spe- yeah. I thought Tony Shalhoub would be funnier. Okay. Okay, but fine, Monk. Um, I thought, <laughs> I was thinking even tighter. I was thinking, not in the pod shed, cheers, badass big sister. Oh, okay. Anytime one of us spills. Yeah. Right? Which Spill I'm so has glad to be on there. So I know. Spill has to be on there. Okay. So I feel like we could, yeah, we could leave it at that. Those four are the like main four that are always there every okay. episode. Yeah. Um, those things might not happen every episode. Right. For sure, we'll give you a cheers no matter what. Mm-hmm. And the likelihood of the other ones happening are usually pretty high. I'm trying to think if there's one more that we can guarantee will happen every episode. Um, That's what I was saying. Like, I like to drop the the past references. Oh, the references. Mm-hmm. Okay. The past so, episodes. So, anytime we're not in the pod shed. Anytime we reference an old episode. Badass Big Sister. Anytime Spills. we spill. Is that it? And something monk related. But that's more just for us than that. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So, those are our... Every time you hear those, take a drink. Because what's happening is every episode, we're like, uh, how about this? And how about that? How about those are just it from now on? Point love blank, it. period. I Unless there's it. something super special, like the Mother's Day episode, it makes sense to have, like every time you say mom right. or, you know, something that goes with the theme for the night. But tonight's theme is just awful, disgusting <laughs> piece of shit. Ted Bundy, y'all. Tonight is about extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Here's the thing about Ted Bundy. I So I watched the documentary. I think it's called the Bundy tapes or the Ted Bundy. It's the Ted Bundy documentary yeah. on Netflix where he was interviewed by a journalist and he never admitted to himself doing these things, but he talked about who the killer could be from like a psych profile, air quote, because he has a psych degree. But more importantly to him, he talks about himself a lot, oh. like his life and whatever. And here's something I did not, I knew the basics of Ted Bundy. Here's something I did not know about Ted Bundy. What a narcissistic, Mm. vain piece of shit he is. Like I had no clue. He's so over the top, disgusting with how much it seems like he loves himself, but we all know how that goes. It really comes from probably like a deep loathing. Correct. Right. Right. He hates himself so much that he has to hype himself up so much to the point where it's like, um, it's like almost like disengaged from reality. Of course. Like yeah. he's now convinced himself of a separate life in reality. And Absolutely. Persona yeah. Than who he really is. Absolutely. And it's so annoying to me and so gross. And it's just like, and the people that interview him are like, yeah, all he does is talk about how fucking great he is. Yeah. How much smarter he is than everybody. Right. How like, uh, it was a rough one. Yeah. And it wasn't rough because of the details of the case. It was rough because I really don't fucking like him and i don't gonna, like him i'm gonna talk a lot about this with my movies girl <laughs> so i watched that docu docu series it was like a four-part series on netflix great docu series especially because you do get to and normally i don't like to hear from the killers because who cares what they have to say but in this case it was interesting to hear the fact that like oh he was so gross i yeah. had no idea um and then, of course, a two-part episode on one of our favorite podcasts, Serial Killers, doing Love the it. deep dive, the real research, real podcast. Thank you. Killing it. And then our normal quick reference. It, Wikipedia, I actually don't suggest. There's so much information. It's too much. Yeah. On Wikipedia, it starts to feel like some of it is maybe, I don't know if it's made up. There's some stuff about Ted Bundy 
that has almost become like an urban legend or like a myth. And some of it was perpetuated by Bundy himself. And because Bundy is a piece of shit liar, it's hard to tell what was real and what he was just like hyping up at that point. Um, So Wikipedia was actually kind of a mess. So maybe not them, but I did scan through an all that's interesting article. Love that. Just to double, triple check some stuff from the notes that I took listening to the podcast and mainly watching that documentary is where I got most of my stuff. Very cool. There you go. All right. You ready? Well, if we're going to get ready to deep dive, should we have our vegetables? All right. Let's go. You know, I've been excited. (laughs) B was so excited because of the backpack I had to bring all the podcast stuff over in was the same uh, backpack my husband had for 4th of July on the beach. And as any red-blooded American would do, 4th of July on the beach, you have mushrooms. And we talked about it for our anniversary, but we didn't actually get to do it. So yeah. this is another follow-up. Okay, so I'll take that big cap. I'm doing it. You're doing the big cap and stem? I am. I'm doing it. I will do this nice cap and a medium stem. And Thank a you medium. very much. Cheers. Hold on. Let me... Let me let me figure out what I'm doing here. Why don't you just take the mini version? Well, yeah, I was gonna say. Okay. Because then my cap's mm-hmm. not as big as yours. Right. Okay. Cheers, y'all. Chinks. Oh, it tastes disgusting. Oh yeah. Well, so I know it's working. Yep. I'll follow that up with some wine. Uh, some good times with Mr. Bundy. Do you like my skull? I do. I thought that it was an appropriate time to bring it back out. Yeah. Last time we had that was for the Dahmer episode, I believe. Correct. (laughs) Drink to that, bitches. (laughs) All right. Theodore. Oh, why do they taste so bad? Because they're grown in cow shit. I know. (laughs) All right. So Ted's born somewhere at some point. Um... (laughs) (laughs) His Fucker. mom, his mom's a young mom. She's pregnant with him. She has him. This is in Vermont. She has him uh, at a home for unwed mothers. Dad's not in the picture at all. She leaves Ted there because she is not ready to be a mom. Okay. Her parents disagree with that. They think he should be raised by family. So they adopt Ted and just tell everybody that they've decided to adopt a child, adopt a baby making his mom his, air quote, much older sister, right? Now, Grandpa has been known to be abusive, but there's no proof that he was abusive to Ted, but he was definitely misogynistic and abusive to the women around him and definitely kind of laid the groundwork for Ted of, like, women should be subservient, women are objects, women are just here to, like, serve us, right? Awesome. Great. Thanks. Love that. Thanks, Pops. Yeah. Listening to Ted's interviews, he will only ever tell you about this idyllic childhood he had. Perfect childhood. He was very outgoing, very popular. He was a Boy Scout. He is the smartest, fastest, most athletic, greatest boy around. Right? Of course. Fantastic for Ted. His friends, or I should say acquaintances, remember him a tad differently. They remember him being... Trying really hard, but just never quite getting it. Just okay. always falling a little short. Never quite up to snuff, as Monk would say. Oh, there you love go, that. Um, just always a little against the grain, you know, as hard as he tried. Yeah. So 
I forgot to mention that when he's five years old, he moves with his mom or sister to Tacoma, Washington. Um, there she marries a man named Johnny Bundy, hence the name Bundy. Okay. They have some more kids. He has so now Ted has some siblings. Um, he his stepdad's fine. He's a good stepdad. Ted's a little disappointed in the fact that he's doesn't make quite enough money and he's not doesn't seem like the smartest guy around. Sorry, Ted. He's like an average Joe, a hardworking Mm. average Joe who, by the way, in the when is this the 60s or whatever, married a single mom Mm -hmm. and adopted her son, which was pretty hard to do back then. So he was pretty open minded, I think, and was probably a pretty good guy. But you got lucky. Mm -hmm. He wasn't smart enough or rich enough for Ted's standards. Awesome. So anyways, yeah, the ideal childhood that Ted remembers one way, his acquaintances remember another way. His family is remembered for just being like a nice, well-rounded, hardworking family. They're Christian. You know, they go but to average. Church. <laughs> average. And, and his acquaintances, his friends, his whoever did say that they were a bit on the poor side. Okay. Um, but that they were hard workers and yeah. they were good people, right? They did say Ted had a bit of a temper and he would be he would try really hard to fit in. But his temper would like show itself every once in a while, just like his grandpa's and that uh, he had a tendency to kind of get very upset, maybe throw a little fit if he didn't get things the way he wanted them. Okay. going into his adolescence, he develops a pretty big porn habit um, he also starts a peeping Tom habit, mm. jerking off while watching the women, the girls, not mm-hmm. women, like the girls in his neighborhood. Um, his porn habit gets rougher and rougher. He starts to like more and more violent porn, even porn depicting dead bodies or just very violent, aggressive pornography, which I can't even believe they had back then. I was you just took the words out of my mouth. I was like, damn, that seems crazy for them. He graduates high school in 1965, um, eventually goes to Washington State University, 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 <laughs> as a psych grad. Those psych students. Man. I know, man. Good. At some point in all of this, like he, you know, he dates some girls. At some point, he learns about the fact that he who his real parents are, that his sister is really his mom. That kind of fucks with him a little bit. And eventually he meets a woman named Diane. This is his first real girlfriend. Diane is beautiful, brunette girl. She's from a rich family. She and her family are everything that Ted isn't, but wants to be so badly successful and driven and has money and comes from a good home and all of that, all the beautiful things he wants. Everything he dreams of. This is who Diane is, mm-hmm. right? He decides, probably driven by his uh, want to impress Diane and be in the cool club, to go into politics. He is a diehard, staunch Republican. Ooh. He is as about hardcore conservative as you can get for back in those days. And one of the way reasons he's so good in politics is he can change his personality depending on who he's talking to. Okay. He changes his personality constantly. Just whoever he's talking to, he can mimic them and change his personality to just fit right in. Okay. Which is kind of the thing about Ted Bundy that everyone always talks about. No one saw it coming. He was so charming and charismatic and blah, 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 blah. It's because he was like conning everybody. Yeah, of course. Yeah, long con. Mm-hmm. 
1973, he wants to go to law school again to be everything that Diane, that he thinks Diane wants him to be. He really wants to be a lawyer. It's what he dreams of. But uh, Mr. Better Than Everybody's LSAT scores are mediocre at best. So he doesn't get into any of his top college choices and instead is getting stuck in like, I can't tell if it was like a night school or a community college, but basically like a B-list situation, right? Diane's kind of tired of his mediocrity and he can't spoil her the way that she's used to being spoiled. And to be quite frank, this is just what he says. Of course, everything's what he says. She could, he could just be a dick. Like maybe no. she just doesn't like him anymore. You think? But at some point she dumps his ass. Good for you, girl. Right. And now we are at a very low point in Ted's life. He didn't make it into his dream law school because quite frankly, he wasn't fucking smart enough. Yeah. Uh, he's still from uh, this family he considers a loser family. Average. Uh, his dream girl dumps him because mm. he, in his mind, he's so average that she dumps him. Sounds like a basic childhood there, Ted. Yep. And it's in this deep, depressed, dark place that something inside him snaps and he needs to get revenge on Diane. Ooh. So one night, Ted breaks into the apartment of a woman named Karen Sparks. She's a student and a dancer at University of Washington. He bludgeons her with a metal rod and then sexually assaults her with the same rod, leaving her in a 10 day coma that she does wake up from. But she has lifelong disabilities following that. After that is his first known murder, which is Linda Ann. Oh, I don't know what her last name is. I just wrote down Linda Ann. Linda. We'll just say Linda. His first known murder, which is Linda. Linda is a local like radio weather girl. She tells you the weather and possibly the traffic every Cute. day on the radio. Yeah. Ted listens every day. Of course. One night he breaks in to her apartment, knocks her unconscious where he changes her clothes and carries her out of her home where she's never seen again. Great. Any mention of like it's just in the middle of the night? Yeah, it's usually in the night. Yeah. So from January to June 1974, six women go missing in less than six months. They're averaging about one woman a month. Yep. Makes sense. This is all around the greater Seattle area, specifically around University of Washington kind of area. Most of them are students coming or going at night from their homes alone. They're all young white women with long brown hair parted down the middle, just like Diane. Yep. Some there have been some sightings of a man around the crime scene, but really the police have nothing to go on at this point. It's not even murder cases at this point. They're just missing. They're women. just missing women. Right. Yeah. One year before this happened, before this all started to kick off, Ted actually worked at the police department for the crimes against women section of the police department. Awesome. I don't know why, he, what he was doing there, how he got that job, but he was there and he got to observe where the kind of pitfalls of the police work were and where the police kind of would miss stuff. Yeah. Like he for, was grooming himself. He was preparing. He like was, yeah. how police departments don't talk to each other, which is yeah. something we've talked about on this podcast Absolutely. a lot. Mm-hmm. Police departments, didn't talk to each other from city to city, let alone state to state. Right. 
So he knows that. He totally uses that to his advantage. Sometime in all of this, he starts dating a woman named Elizabeth Klepper. Klopper. Klopper, I think. She's a single mom. They have a normal, loving relationship. Yada, yada, yada. She comes into it later. Yeah. By July 8th, or sorry, but by July, eight women are now missing. One weekend, this, he kind of ups the ante. He goes to Lake Samish. Samish? Samish? Sure. That weekend was, uh, it might have been 4th of July weekend. I'll have to look it up. But it was like a really hopping weekend at the lake. There was about 40,000 people there over the entire weekend. When out of all of those people, two women go missing. 23-year-old Janice, 19-year-old Denise. Both were seen being approached by a man, um, a good-looking man with his arm in a sling. He had been actually seen asking multiple people around the lake to help him get like a sailboat or something into his car. And most people, you know, said, no, thank you. But these two sweet girls did on separate occasions, said yes to him. And both were last seen leaving the, you know, main part of the lake Uh to go off with him to help him with his car um, when they realized, obviously, that's not what he wanted. Yeah. B, how quickly would Ted Bundy have kidnapped you? Are you kidding? Instantly. 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 All he would have had to say was hi. And I would have been like, oh, you poor thing. What can I do to help you? (laughs) Can I help you? Oh, my Lord. I thought about that immediately. So some things, though, are happening now in our favor because this did happen in broad daylight with so many people. A lot of people saw him. Yep. So they have a description of him and his car, which is this like tan light brown vw bug Mm -hmm. and a lot of people heard his name because this motherfucker was introducing himself to people as ted awesome smarty pants so the police start narrowing it down there are approximately forty two thousand vw bugs in washington yeah during the 70s i wonder yeah (laughs) they find all the ones owned by ted's or theodore's or any branch of that name And they narrow the list down to 100 people, of which Ted Bundy is on the list. But he is a squeaky clean, no record having law student. Yeah. And they don't look twice at him. No. It's too bad that they don't look twice at him because these women obviously are not just missing. The pattern is that Ted is bludgeoning the women and then binding them raping them, killing them, eventually dumping their bodies in remote locations in the woods, in the mountains. Now, here's something to talk about real fast. Nowhere in the documentary or in the podcast do they mention this. I saw this later on in different articles, but it was in a lot of articles, including on Wikipedia. So later on, spoiler alert, Ted gets caught (laughs) at some point. When Ted's giving an interview like later into the 80s, he starts telling people about how he decapitated a bunch of his victims, how he liked to have sex with their bodies, how he'd go back to their bodies where he dumped them, have sex with them, take their heads back to his apartment, put makeup on them, wash their hair, have sex with their heads. All of this really vile, disgusting, horrific things. I don't know if they're true or not, because the fact that they weren't mentioned in the documentary or... In the in the podcast, 
I'm not 100% sure if it's not in the documentary. I gotta be honest, I didn't watch the last episode of the documentary. So it might be in the documentary. I believe it's true. You think it's true? Yes. And we'll talk about it. Okay. So the only reason that I had doubt, first of all, the fact that it wasn't in the podcast and these people do their hardcore research, I feel like they would have mentioned it. Okay. Also, his love of like lying and exaggerating by the time he's in prison how many serial killers do we have now we have ones that we've already talked about like the jeffrey dahmers and Mm -hmm. the edmund kempers and that obviously ed gein was a thousand years ago and there's ones that we haven't talked about yet like the hillside strangler and the golden state killer and all these other ones that are all running around in the 70s it feels to me like from prison he might be trying to up the ante so he stays the like Oh, like if I'm going to be a serial killer, I'm going to be the worst fucking a.k.a. the best serial killer ever. Okay. so where they had no evidence to back up these claims, all of a sudden these years later after he was caught, he's like, oh, yeah, not only did I kill them and I assault them, this. I did this and this and this. Cause I I'm get just, what you're saying. Yeah. When, when he's first caught and going on trial and stuff, he's still playing off the like everybody's lovable lawyer mm-hmm. by the time they're doing these interviews this is when he starts to like change the narrative and be like i'm the sickest person you'll ever meet i'm the most evil person out there okay. and da, 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 da. yeah so i just wonder if it's another way that he's like inflating no his own you ego. that's a brilliant way to look at it i love it so i'm not sure if it's true or not okay take this it with great. a grain of salt yeah if he did say it there's yeah. also something about the fact that he he had many different trials because he killed in so many different places at so many different times um so a lot of the times these interviews or these confessions would come out as a way to delay his trials correct so that's part of it too um you can choose to believe it or not like i said i saw some articles that said it but those articles were all articles that kind of repeat all the same info from each other yeah i don't remember if it was in the documentary i know it wasn't in the podcast you make up your own mind. I'm yeah. just wondering if it's he said it and it became part of like the urban myth. The and urban that's a legend. really, really interesting way to look that at it. That is. Yeah. Ted Bundy. I love it. So whatever. Super interesting. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's a really good perspective. All right. August 1974. His girlfriend Elizabeth calls the police because... She's concerned about her boyfriend, Ted. Hmm. He's been acting strange lately. He disappears in the middle of the night. She doesn't know where he's going. He's normally very calm, cool, and collected. And Mm. lately his temper has been flaring and his sexual appetite's getting more and more violent with her. They used to just have like a nice, normal, sweet sex life. Now he's getting into BDSM. Mm -hmm. He's forcing anal on her. He's kind of just becoming a dick in general. Mm-hmm. She finds a bag of women's underwear. So, of course, she automatically thinks cheating on her. Of course. So she finds a bag of women's underwear, but then she also finds a bowl of like random house keys in his house. Interesting. She finds a knife in his car. The night before her daughter's baptism, they're at this like family dinner situation. Okay. And she said that Ted went from being normal to his whole expression just changing and icing like over. drop of a dime. Pupils yeah. dilating. And he basically, after that, just got up and left. It's very interesting because the interviewer for the documentary that had been interviewing him back in the 70s said the same thing. That when you were talking to Ted about anything else, he came off very charming and likable. He had, like, 
very like cerulean blue eyes, very blue eyes. And the minute he started talking about the killings and the psych profiles and he kind of got on a when he would start getting on a roll and like going, 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 he said that you could literally watch his eyes turn black. All the color would disappear in his eyes. He said his eyes would glaze over and then his pupils would dilate and his eyes would be black. You're describing what happens to me when I black out drunk. Yeah. Except for hopefully you're not killing random people. No, and my eyes don't turn black, but they go from like a pretty blue like especially when i've got a good buzz like my eyes are like a very pretty sparkly blue or whatever but yeah when i'm like black out they gray they fucking gray out and glaze over and i can still function and communicate but i am not there she's not home people i have literally retreated inside of my body (laughs) well ted goes black obviously i love that that's so crazy so she says the night before her daughter's baptism that happens and he gets up and just cuts out out of nowhere just leaves yeah and then he's late getting back the next morning for the baptism he's late to church for the baptism which is very unlike him yeah that night one brenda ball disappears after leaving a bar um at night, 10 days later, another student, Georgian, vanishes from an alley, uh, leaving her boyfriend's dormitory, headed back to her sorority house. Okay. Elizabeth's boyfriend, Ted, matches the description perfectly. Yeah. He's got the right car. He lives in the right location because he lives down near all this like student housing and campus housing. Absolutely. He's he was proven to have gone to lake samish that i don't know how to say that fucking lake i like samish <laughs> how about samish yeah um uh-huh, he he had gone to lake whatever Titicaca. that weekend <laughs> and um as far as they know and as far as liz knows he doesn't really have an alibi yeah but after showing his picture to quite a few of their witnesses that were at the lake they say it wasn't him so now they have eyewitnesses saying, nope, that wasn't the guy. Yeah. They have no fingerprints. Yeah. They have no evidence. Right. What are they going to do? Right. So that's that for old Teddy for now. Crazy. At this point, the disappearances stop, but bodies start showing up mm. in pieces. They start showing up in the mountains, kind of scattered about in pieces, probably due to animal activity. Mm-hmm. Ted, in that interview, later calls the mountains and the animals that live there his own, quote unquote, personal garbage disposal. Wow. So there you go, guys. That's who you're all simping over, Ted Bundy. Piece of shit. Thanks. Now the heat's on, right? So September 1974, he just ups and moves to Salt Lake City, Utah. For sure. To once again try to attend law school, which yeah. he's already like flunked out of so he's trying he's again determined he okay. wants to be a lawyer so motherfucking badly yeah, he's got a dream <laughs> he sure does so he goes to law school becomes a mormon god Ew. bless him <laughs> well he's trying to fit in b okay. how else are you gonna fit in in utah oh i forget that all the time that's probably why i've never been to utah i'm sure it's gorgeous and i'd love to go there but i can't not be drunk so <laughs> sorry love you um yeah, I mean, how else are you supposed to fit in? This guy's a chameleon, right? He fits in whatever community he's in. So, of course, he's going to become Mormon. Not only does he become Mormon, he's a real stand-up guy. He's a real pillar of the, com- of of the community. Of course he is. Makes hella friends. 
What a what a time he's having in Utah. Okay, and I don't know if this is going to ruin anything, but I hear he's a great skier. I'm sure he is. He does mention skiing. I okay. kind of forgot about that, but yeah. And then the police chief's daughter goes missing. <gasps> Melissa. Dang. Her body is found in the mountains, strangled and beaten with nylon. Well, she was beaten and then strangled with nylons. That's savage. After that, two more girls' bodies are found in the mountains. All three of these girls have been bludgeoned and raped. We've heard this before. Elizabeth hears about these murders in Utah and calls the police again. And yeah. is like, hey, guys, guess who Rem- moved to Utah? Remember that? Yeah. Guess who moved to Utah? Wow. And now that there is a lot of quinky dinks and evidence building up, Ted Bundy moves to the top of the old suspect list. Okay. Thanks, guys. Ted leaves Utah for Colorado, Aspen, Colorado. He leaves behind in Utah four teenage girls altogether that he killed in Utah. Okay. Teenage girls. Right. Aspen, Colorado, November 1974. He actually tries to abduct a young woman named Carol. She's at the mall and he pretends to be an undercover police officer. Awesome. Says that her car's been broken into. Why don't you come with me and see if like anything was stolen? Yeah. Follows him to the parking lot. She's like, my car hasn't been broken into. It's fine. Yeah. And he's like, well, actually, we have the perp down at the station. If you want to go, like, take a look and see if if you recognize him or whatever. And she's like, okay. So she goes with him in his car and he pulls over to some remote area where she realizes quickly that this isn't right. Mm -hmm. And he tries to I think he threatens her. And of course, he tries to attack her. And our girl Carol fights back and she fights fucking hard. Okay. And she gets away. Yeah. And she gets away with one handcuff on her hand. Incredible. Runs to the street, gets into a car. Some sweet. Yes, queen. Sweet Samaritan stops and picks up a hysterical woman. Yeah. And they drive off, go straight to the police department where she tells them everything that happens, gives them the handcuffs, provides a description. Great. Amazing. Four hours later, a very pissed off and disappointed Ted, because you don't get the best of Ted. Oh, no. No, sir. Goes and finds a teenage girl named Debbie and kills her in her high school parking lot. Ugh. Now, more and more bodies are being found in Colorado. Three are found up in the mountains, and it's the same pattern as the others. The bludgeoning, the raping, the killing. Right. August 1975, Ted is pulled over for driving slowly yet erratically. Oh. And the cops find in his car a ski mask, an ice pick a crowbar, nylons, and most importantly, a set of handcuffs and a handcuff key that matches the handcuffs they had from Carol. Okay. Ted lawyers up before they can even ask him a fucking question. Smarty pants. Um, they, they put him in a lineup. By the time he gets to the lineup, he's already changed his uh, description. Nope. I was going to say his personality. Nope. Uh, how do you look? He changes his look, his appearance. His appearance. Oh, Jesus oh my God. He changes his appearance. Big fucking words, man. <laughs> Rough. And even though he changes his appearance, our girl Carol fucking nails him. She knows him right away. In fact, in the documentary, I love it because she's like, as soon as I saw his beady eyes I, and thin lips, I knew it was him. Oh, Damn, we know Carol. you like a thin lip. Drag him. Yes. Drag him. Yes. 
So while he's in prison awaiting trial for the whole abducting of Carol situation, he's air quote arrested again for another murder that happened in Colorado. They have enough substantial evidence to hold it against him. So now he needs to start planning his defense. And of course, he wants to head up his own defense. Yeah, because right? he's a lawyer. Because he's a lawyer. Um, and he's the best lawyer. So even though he has a legal team, he heads up. He knows everything. The defense. He's a douchebag in the courtroom. Mr. Fucking. Know it all. All star. Amazing. Charismatic. Charming guy. He's a shitty fucking lawyer. Good. And he's found guilty for the abduction of Carol. Awesome. He's now uh, planning his defense for the murder that they have him on. Right. That They think they have him on. Yeah. So <clears throat> this motherfucker is in Colorado in a law library, not handcuffed. Not foot shackled, not even being well guarded. No, nope. he's in the room alone. There's it's a guard so outside, dicking around. Crazy. When he decides to jump from the second story window and escape and run off into the mountains. Yes. How fucking embarrassing. Who, who wouldn't? Who fucking wouldn't? I like, know. I get that he's a piece of shit, but I'm literally on trial, about to get fried, and you're gonna leave me alone. And give me the opportunity like this. I'm yeah. going to take it. Of course. And how embarrassing for the whoever's in charge the there. Guard? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding Stupid me? Ass. So he runs off to the mountains. There's obviously a manhunt ensues, right? About 500 police officers plus locals on horseback. Armed, armed locals on horseback. Helicopters, bloodhounds. They're searching. There's no sign of him. There's two main roads in and out of Aspen. They put up roadblocks. Still no sign of him. However, to be noted, they do arrest nine people that they had warrants out for <laughs> and uh, collected 200 pounds of weed. That's fucking. Well, the weed is not cool, but that's amazing that they got that kind of work done. <laughs> that's so like, fucking damn, cool. Y'all should set up roadblocks right? more often. That's so amazing. Six days later. But still, they haven't found him. Oh, my God. A 25-pound lighter, Ted, returns. He steals a car. He's driving erratically. There's this, like, freak summer storm happening. So it's, like, freezing cold, and he's hungry, oh. and blah, 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 blah. So he steals a car. He's driving it erratically. He gets pulled over. He gets popped. He's back in custody. Okay. Six months later. Six months later. Six months later, he's still in prison, obviously. New Year's Eve. 1977 he does it again this time from a prison in a fucking prison cell right he's been starving himself for weeks he's down to 144 pounds smart he climbs up through first of all he he does the like childish movie thing where he puts like a a fake sleeping body made out of books in his bunk so when the jailers walk by they just think that he's sleeping under his covers incredible he climbs scurries up through a light fixture in the ceiling of his jail cell which he knows from studying maps and doing whatever it is fucking nerdy psychopaths do in jail like looking at schematics and shit that there's a jailer's apartment directly above him. Amazing. So he gets up through a light shaft. I think he cuts a hole in the jailer's apartment, but he figures out a way up into the jailer's apartment where he steals some of their clothes and walks right out the front door of the prison. Of course he does. 
Again, how no big fucking deal. embarrassing. Yeah. Could you imagine? No Explaining big deal. to the country. Does it mention twice. ever how long it took before they even realized that he was missing? Just the morning. Just the morning. Because they said his food was, un- was untouched, which wasn't too crazy. Right, because he he's been starving himself. He hadn't been eating too much. Yeah. But he was normally up very early w- working on his defense. Okay. Reading books, tippity-tapping on his typewriter. Okay. Getting his shit together. I love so it. So the fact that he wasn't up being a fucking maniac yeah. was a real oh. red flag. Oh, my God. I can't. So two weeks. Oh, so now, by the way, again, huge... Um, man huge manhunt. Yeah. FBI gets involved. Two weeks after his escape, this is January 15th, 1978. We are in Florida now. Woo! He, he made his way to Florida. Hey! On the way to Florida, we should say he did kill an, uh, a hitchhiker in Idaho, I think. Oh. Um, but he did make his way down to Florida eventually. I'm just saying, if I was ever on the run or Florida like. Florida's the place to be, if I Yeah, if I was going to start over. Florida didn't like, even know who the fuck Ted Bundy no, was. No, exactly. They were like, if I want to start over, a lot of people are like, Mexico. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to Florida. Those people are fucking crazy. He literally went to Florida because it's the exact opposite, I guess, of the Pacific Northwest and of Seattle. And he just figured that nobody in Florida would know who he was. Well, it fucking worked. And he was correct. Nobody knew who he was. January 15th, he breaks into the Chai Omega. You went to college, B. Is it Chai or Kai? Kai. Kai. I did no college, so I don't know. Chai's the tea. Well, I know that, but who's to say it's not pronounced the same? Chai shouldn't have an A in it anyways. I Let's agree. be real. He breaks into the Chai Omega sorority house at Florida State University, which, by the way, isn't that where the Gainesville Ripper was popping off? It's one of our episodes, B. I don't fucking remember. Okay. I think it was. I think the Gainesville Ripper was around. Hey, guys, go back and listen to episode one. Drop and it in the comments. <laughs> listen to episode one and let us know if that's where the Gainesville Ripper was. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Okay, we have to be serious because he really, this is some fucked up stuff. Breaks into the Chi Omega house at Florida State University he has with him an oak tree limb because I guess it's all he could get his hands on and proceeds to rape and kill two women there. He beats two other women so badly that he leaves them with broken jaws and missing teeth. Oh, my God. Nobody else in the house saw him or uh, had any clue. They had nothing to go off of. Interesting. Okay. A few blocks away, he breaks into the apartment of a girl named Cheryl Thomas, where he beats her so badly that she permanently loses her hearing. Okay, imagine, imagine beating one human body. That's not an easy task. I guess it's easy when you're filled with psychopathic rage. Like, I just, I feel like blisters and cuts and... Oh, I just I know. I just think that when there, I agree with you and, and he was a small dude, right? He wasn't like a big guy. Yeah, But like you're saying, mm-hmm. I just think that they're being, just like people get superhuman power. Yeah, when they're I think they're being spawned on by stress. something else. Mm-hmm. Wow. OK. Now, as you can imagine, the women in the area are terrified. You think 
the states have finally started to piece this shit together and everybody now pretty much knows it's the same person doing this, especially since Ted Bundy's Thank on the lam. God. Women everywhere start dyeing their hair, bleaching their hair. They're not dyeing their hair. They start bleaching their hair, right, to wear different hairstyles. That's a past episode. That absolutely is. We will talk about that, son of Sam. Okay. This also marks this, like, this, like, the, the brutal attack on the Chi Omega house, followed by another attack a few blocks away. Yeah. Like, the same night right we're spiraling now right and i feel like a lot of these guys do this where it's i mean he is on the run of course he's spiraling he is but it's like up until now he's always been a very organized methodical he's person. getting lazy and he's, now it's yeah. like i don't know if it's lazy as so much as like his his psychopathic nature is like taking, taking over, over and he's getting into like a frenzy wow okay but that happens a lot i feel like that definitely yes, happened with Dahmer. absolutely i feel like it might have happened with kemper i feel like it happens with a lot of these big name dudes yeah. where it's like they get away with it for a while and but they then need more they, they need, need to more keep one and up more and more like and a drug you need more and more and more until you overdose mm-hmm. absolutely don't do drugs, kids. It all culminates February 8th. He abducts and kills sweet 12-year-old Kimberly. Boo! From her middle school. Boo! This is the first real break in his profile. It's the wrong... She's the wrong age. She's the wrong description. It's the middle of the day, which besides the lake thing, he I don't think he's really done. Fucking garbage. Um, And now he... like. Even he can't deny the fact that he's a piece of shit now because up until now, he's kind of like the suave, clever guy who's like outsmarting everybody. You know what I mean? And like charming his way around town. Right. And now he's a scumbag. No, you're a fucking child killer. Piece I mean, you of were, shit. Yeah, you were a teenage killer. Well, he was a piece of yeah, shit anyways. Yeah. I'm talking about like even now, I don't know if he can even deny the fact that like you just kidnapped a 12 year old from her middle school, my Ugh. dude. Like you have reached an even just deeper scum. low than the lowest low you've already done, which is pretty That's fucking low. Extremely wicked. <laughs> so fucking gross. Obviously, so nobody knows yet that poor Kimberly is dead. They, she's a missing person. So a huge search goes out. I mean, she's 12. So a huge, huge search um, happens. Again, Ted is pulled over for reckless driving. They Fucking loser. run the plates and he is driving a stolen vehicle. They search the car and they find the IDs of Three of the dead women from the Chi Omega killings. Well, they only killed two women. They found three IDs from dead women, two of which were the girls from Chi Omega. Fucking. I don't know if it's like him being cocky or just fucking lazy, stupid, whatever. All of the above. But thank God he was because he needed to be caught. True that. I mean, these people let him escape twice. I can't. I can't. <laughs> they don't know who he is. When they bring him in, they know he's. When did to- Shawshank come out? <laughs> when they. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> when they arrest him, they don't realize that it's the Ted Bundy. He looks very different. He has no form of identification. Shut your face. Yeah, no, he looks different. He has no form of identification. They just know that whoever this person is is linked to the Chi Omega murders because he has two of the women's IDs. That's crazy. He refuses to give them his name. In fact, I think he gives them a couple of like stolen IDs and then they quickly realize that's not who he is. 
Finally, he decides to give himself up in exchange for a phone call to his girlfriend, Elizabeth. And now they got him. They got Ted Bundy. Finally. God damn it. Yes. He goes to, he has, like I said, he has multiple trials. The first main trial, he, I'm not going to go into it. I can't remember what trials are for what people. It's a lot. Yeah. But just know it's the same bullshit. He is going to lead his defense. And this is the first, this is in Florida. This is the first trial that's ever broadcasted on TV, at least in Florida. Okay. It might be the first one for like national television. Right. There are news people from every state. There are journalists up the wazoo. It's open. The trial's open to Florida residents. They can come in and watch it. Obviously, there are throws of people outside um, basically chanting, fuck you. They're not chanting, fuck you, but they're basically like, fuck you. Okay. But he comes in still with his fucking charismatic uh, fun boy act. Leads his defense. It's like a fucking circus. He's waving at the yes. TV cameras and winking at people. Very much and, so. And trying so hard to be entertaining and liked that a lot of the times he ends up fucking up his own case. A lot of the times his his legal team is seen leaving the courtroom in exasperation because he's up there. Just being a clown. Being an asshole. Yeah. And he just wants everybody to like think he's so funny and so smart and so special that he's actually like being a hindrance to their defense. Wow. Incredible. Again, he's a shitty fucking lawyer. Okay. He doesn't have a grave, but if he did, I wish it said Ted Bundy. What a shitty fucking lawyer because that was his biggest dream in life. And I just want it to be known that he was never fucking smart enough or good enough to be a good lawyer. Yeah. And he got so wrapped up in his own ego and his own bullshit. He couldn't even defend himself or trust his own legal team. Oh, my God. He's found guilty on everything for everybody across multiple states. Right. He's sentenced to death. And eventually, January 24th, 1989, he is finally executed by electric chair Woo! as people in the field across from the prison celebrated his death by chanting and lighting off fireworks. And when the hearse pulled out of that prison with his body, they fucking cheered. Absolutely. They did. They were so happy to see that motherfucker gone. Can't say I blame him. Again, if I take anything from everything I heard, he is just insufferable to listen to. I don't know if he believed his own bullshit, but I don't believe his bullshit for a second. And the world is so much better without him. I don't have a victim's list because a lot of them are unidentified. He did end up confessing to the murders of approximately 31 women. Experts believe it could be much larger. Some people say 40 women. Some people say it could be hundreds of women. Um, it just depends on who you ask. Some people said that he started killing as a teenager and an adolescent. There's no 100% right answer when it comes to Ted Bundy. We'll never know. We know for sure 31 women is the final legit count we have. Way too fucking many is what Way it is. Way too many. Um, that's about 31 too many, some would say. So I don't have a victims list, but just overall, rest in peace to the victims, to their families. I am so sorry that you came across a terrible, horrific human being. I wish he would have been 
hit by a fucking train before he ever got his hands on your daughters and your sisters and your loved ones. But gross. Yeah. So we have a victim in particular. Rest in peace to Roberta Kathleen Parks. Okay. She was born February 27th, 1954. She's from Lafayette, California. Wow. She graduated from Akalani's and from DVC before transferring to Washington to go to college. Mind blown. So Lafayette is basically mine and B's like sister city to our hometown. Absolutely. We're neighbors, very similar cities. I worked there. You worked there. My parents live on the border technically Mm -hmm. of our hometown and Lafayette, California. It is a very small town in the East Bay. So the fact that one of his victims was from Lafayette was a little mind blowing to me. DVC was my community college. Yep. You went to DVC. The only reason I, I actually lived closer to her high school than I did to the high school we went to, but it was just like those weird like county lines and school lines and whatever. I went to the high school you went to, but I technically lived closer to her high school, which was Akalani's. Um, so that's crazy. Wow. Rest in peace, Roberta Kathleen, our hometown girl. I'm going to pass the computer duty off to you. All right. All right. What do you think of Ted Bundy? I'm so glad you said all the things you said just about what a fucking piece of shit he is and how full of himself he is. Wait, and and real quick, let me tack this on. This has been lingering in my brain, but I didn't write it down, so I don't have anything like official about it. But the whole thing about him being... Better, smarter, more evil, more vile, the best serial killer ever. He didn't do anything fucking new. It's nothing. No, it's Uh -uh. nothing new. As we've learned on this podcast, so much of what he did is he's a basic bitch, just like Dahmer, just like the son of Sam, just like all these guys we've covered. Nothing he did was spectacular or special, just like his whole fucking life. His yeah. whole fucking life. Nothing he ever did was basic spectac- bitch. Yeah. In fact, even more basic because He's so like vanilla Dahmer took it to a whole nother level that Ted never could even dream of. Edmund Kemper was an actual legit genius, which yeah. Ted would never be could smart never. enough to could be. Never. Could never. So he is a real basic bitch serial killer that for whatever reason, maybe because there's so many TV cameras. I also think it's because he was so quick to give interviews and he loved that spotlight so much that he got the fame and now he lives literally in infamy and the true crime community really like talks about him a lot and hypes him up as like the most prolific serial killer. But you You know, ain't shit to my, my gravestone for, for Theodore Bundy would uh, say a shitty lawyer and a fucking subpar regular serial killer right basic basic bitch bitch serial killer Mm -hmm. so there you go those are my those are my final thoughts on thank god because so here's the thing obviously you assigned me this task how do i not watch the 2019 you gotta watch zach right i mean you cannot but after watching that movie the way that i felt about ted bundy was not a feeling i was okay with I oh. liked Ted Bundy. Oh, in the movie? Yeah. Mm. I was like, I would have eaten up every fucking word he said. Like, I would have fantasized about him. I will fantasize about Zach Avron as Ted Bundy. Like, that's not a note I wanted to leave this podcast <laughs> on. 
And I think, isn't that movie based on Elizabeth's memoir? Sure. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea. But I think it is. I feel like it would make sense. It's very much just their relationship. And I would say from her point of view, it's based on Elizabeth's memoir. Absolutely. That would make sense. So because of that, and also because I had the extra week, I watched a different Ted Bundy movie titled Ted Bundy. Lovely. (laughs) And he is fucking garbage in that one. And I felt so much better. And there's a few movies that we have chose to use for different serial killers, but that they have said also based on Ted Bundy. I right. can't remember if it was Silence well, of the ba- Obviously, what you just said, of course, you could yeah. tie him into anything because that's what he did for himself. Yep. He included himself in everything. Yep. For the so, fame. and. So what movie did you watch besides Zac Efron? Ted Bundy. Oh, she's called yeah. Ted Bundy? Perfect. <laughs> like 2002 oh yeah i didn't even know they what yeah we were in high school what were we doing girl just wait just you wait so i'll try to get through this as quick as i can but there's a lot of heavy hitters in this fucking 2019 Mm -hmm. on netflix um i don't know a lot about lily collins the one that plays i'm gonna refer to her as liz what i do know about said lily collins Uh uh-huh her dad's motherfucking Phil Collins. What? Yes, bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> Legend. I love Phil Collins. Legend. So just. I had no idea. And uh, I knew who she was. <clears throat> and I didn't know. Yeah. So we see her sitting behind like a glass partition. She's very like withdrawn looking. Just sad. Exhausted. Just, you know, whatever. <clears throat> we see our inmate none other than daddy <laughs> Zach Efron <laughs> I'm sorry I can't I told you this one left me on a sexy I wanna fuck Ted Bundy note and it's not okay as the kids on TikTok would say go touch some grass I, I, go outside <gasps> and touch some grass I don't know that that's what they say in the comments for when people are starting to like get like while out in the comments like go out because it means like you've been inside on TikTok for too long. Like go outside and touch grass. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, you keep me so young. OK, anyways, he's obviously our Ted. <clears throat> they don't speak. I'm force feeding Bailey more mushrooms. Please. Right now. Yeah, they don't speak a word to each other. They their faces say everything. Right. He is calm, happy to see her, gives her this like little side smile. And the movie goes really back and forth. Obviously, I fucking In time? Yep. Oh, perfect. Right. Just what you wanted. So I pieced it back together. Okay. I made my own timeline. Sick of this shit. All right. So I start 1969. We're at some college bar in Seattle. A much fresher, lighthearted Liz, who we learn is a single mom, is there with her girlfriend, and she has just broken up with her piece of shit boyfriend, who we never know about. So it's at this uh, bar that Liz makes a dig at herself, like, no one's ever going to see me around all these college girls when I'm just some fucking mom or whatever, when her friend points out an attractive man sitting behind her who's been staring at her from across the bar. Mm -hmm. 
Ted makes his move at the jukebox. They listen to Crimson and Clover by Tommy James, and they have their first kiss on the dance floor. Like a gentleman, he takes her home where she basically gets kind of cock blocked by her babysitter. Like, bitch, I got to go. Where's my money? She's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a mom. But he's totally cool. So that makes him like sexier. And she's like, oh, well, do you want to come in? Oh, yeah. They do not fuck. They kind of cuddle or whatever. And when she wakes up in the morning, he's gone. She immediately goes to her daughter's room. Also gone. And she Mm. panics. Yeah. But they're in the kitchen. She's in her high chair. She's got a fresh bottle, some Cheerios. He's making breakfast, coffee, like juicing her some fucking fresh juice. Amazing. Right? Giving her the works. And I'm like, again, okay. All right. I see you, Ted. We see them throughout the years at this point um clips like photos of them let's say her second birthday blowing out candles opening presents under the christmas tree learning to ride a bike right he's a significant figure in her daughter's life at this a point a montage okay but we also hear that during this time from january to july 1974 king county area is engulfed in a wave of fear as young women are attacked and murdered at an alarming rate. Sucks. All right. It'd be so scary. Utah, 1975. Ted makes a fucking stupid move. He misses two stop signs. Tries his best to fucking flash that smile, get off of the hook, but no such luck. And at the station, they find trash bags, flashlight, and gloves. In a lineup, he's asked to say, if you don't stop screaming, I'm going to kill you. Jesus. Where he is identified by the witness and charged with aggravated kidnapping. Right? So that would be our Carol. Correct. Liz is pissed. (laughs) Right? So she's day drinking. When Ted comes home, he's been let out on bail. She tells her daughter to go to her room. We know they're going to fucking fight, but he can smooth talk his way through fucking anything. Of Explains course. everything away. Just a coinky ding. No, tells her everything she needs to hear over dinner. He's like, hey, I got to go catch up on studying. I'm going to be pulling an all nighter. You know, whatever that means. Yeah. At the library, though, we see Ted making eyes at another girl. And she's into it for a minute until she sees him on the front page of the newspaper. Stop. Yeah. Hilarious. And he gets removed. And I will I will say real quick, I didn't go too much into his love life because who cares? He did cheat on fucking everybody. Oh, of course. He had multiple girlfriends. He had multiple girlfriends that supported him through like his first round of trials, like his trial about the abduction case against Carol. Um, that didn't even realize that they were all his girlfriends like they all thought that they were the only one so you're totally describing the other ted in the other movie great mm-hmm. salt lake county court february 23rd 1976 ted is meeting with his attorney who was played by jeffrey donovan <laughs> you're gonna say Dahmer. i know <laughs> who's jeffrey donovan he played Captain J.J. Jones in The Changeling, 
episode <laughs> six, Chicken Ranch from Hell. You hate him. I did. Mm-hmm. I do. You do. I, I did. I character. do. <laughs> yep. But something I didn't mention, or maybe I did. I'll have to re-listen to the episode. He's in a monk episode. You might have. He is. He's in Monk. Uh, Monk and the Astronaut 2006. Monk and the Astronaut. God bless him. <laughs> All right. So there's your old episode reference and your Monk reference. We got to cheers. We have to cheers. That's a three drink. So that's a big drink. That's a good one. I don't know if we should be cheersing over the laptop, though. Maybe air cheers from now on because our dumbasses will break the whole setup. A spill. <laughs> a spill on the laptop and all the podcast equipment. How funny. Uh, all right. So they're discussing the accusations against Ted and the evidence. Obviously, it doesn't look good. Right. But they're also pointing out like the resemblance like his friends were even giving him a hard time about it. And that reminded me of the Ken and Barbie killer. Okay. Because his friends, sorry, episode five, a life in plastic. It's fantastic. His friends did the same shit. They would be at a party and his friends would be like watching the news and the sketch would come up. I totally forgot about that. Abs- no, mm-hmm. I remember it very fantastic. Much. Mm-hmm. Look at all these throwbacks we've had tonight. I know. So we see the, kidnap victim in court Liz is standing by his side um, but she's listening to the girl as she recounts that night and points to Ted as the man who attacked her uh-huh. right so Liz is there just kind of like fuck uh oh right. mm-hmm. um, at this point the lawyer does get the victim to admit that she had somehow seen a picture of Ted at the police station at the police station and um so picking him out of like the lineup was kind of a coincidence like he was right. the most common looking he's gonna get off on a on a loophole whatever so they're feeling somewhat confident at uh-huh. this point i guess i don't know anyways but since things are going well so wait in the zach efron episode or in the episode show, yeah mm-hmm. is it a movie or is it a series it's a movie do they show him killing anybody no they don't? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Very disappointed. Okay. I know. They go, like, make plans for their future. They're looking at a pound for a dog when they bump into an old co-worker, Carol Ann, who uh-huh. assures Liz, like, oh, my God, we've seen everything on the news. He's amazing. We're standing by your side, Ted. Like, anything I can do for you, Ted. Uh-huh. I'll be by your side, Ted. Anything. Anything. Anything yes. I can do for you, Ted. And Liz is like, okay. But for her, she's also like, I don't know a whole lot about Ted's past. So this is kind of nice to hear from, like, one of his old friends. Yeah. A little bit reassuring for her. But at the fucking pound, they find a dog. And they lean over and Liz is like, oh, my God, what a sweetheart. What a nice dog. And it looks at Ted and it starts growling and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. trust the dog. Right. That's what I'm like. Listen to the dog, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when that doesn't work out, you know, what do you do? You go home and you get drunk and you fuck. But we don't get to see anything. It's boring. Right. Thank you. Um. The good times do not roll. (laughs) Ted is found guilty of aggravated kidnapping and sent to Utah 
prison to await his sentencing. Liz is beside herself, but she promises not to give up on him. Utah State Prison, March 1st, 1976. Best part of the whole fucking movie. We see him stripped down. Oh. Getting in his little... All the way? Uh, yep. We see the whole booty. We don't get to see any dick or anything. Oh. I mean, you get a full, like, ab. Uh, uh, fine. I know. One day at work, Liz is informed by a co-worker played by Haley Joel Osment. Oh. Um, How old is he now? I don't fucking know. 47? I don't know. And it's... um. Detective Mike Fisher calling from Colorado with questions about her relationship with Ted. And this is obviously coming as a surprise to her because so far, like, she's dealt with the Utah police and the Seattle police, but now fucking Colorado. Right. Right. She's like, okay. The states are really stacking up now. Right. In prison, we see Ted in the library. He's studying when a man in a suit approaches him. With questions about time he may have spent in Colorado. And he's like, I'm a full-time law student. I don't have time to travel. I've never been to Colorado. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a full-time law student. It's the exact answer the fucking guy was going for. (laughs) And Joe Schmo, detective from Colorado, was literally sent to gaslight Ted, knowing he would lie so they could use that to extradite him. Ah. for murder hey so now ted's attorney is forced to explain you just fucked yourself like i'm out colorado 1977 ted is taken to his trial while back home in seattle we see concerned friends visiting with liz who's basically like an alcoholic at this point Dang. she's drinking vodka gin chain smoking whatever and they haven't talked about her like actually suspecting him of nope being the guy nope not yet okay but at her friends are like come on like it's a little sus dude right they're really they're trying their best but she isn't having it she's exhausted she's like fuck you guys you don't know she is hung over not in a mood for <laughs> any <laughs> i was not expecting hungover. sorry no. she is she's hung over not in the mood for any of ted's shit when she gets a fucking another call from ted at work but Haley joel picks it up And he, like, pivots the call, right? So he's trying to, like, help Liz out at this point. He's obviously, like, trying to make his move. He's into her. Ew. Mm -hmm. Now's not the time. Pre-trial in Colorado finds enough evidence against Ted to keep him without the option of bail. So this is also the first time he's threatened with the possibility of a death sentence. So he's starting to worry. He's begging Liz to come to the trial. She can't bring herself to do it. And she stops answering his calls. In prison, I'm starting to see him in his cell alone, like jumping from the top bed bunk over and over and over again. He talks about that in the documentary. And to me, not knowing what he's doing, I'm like, is he trying to practice hanging himself? Yeah. Like trying to see if it's enough 
room or something to actually get the job done. But then it it makes sense. Uh huh. So back at the court making arrangements for his next trial. His defense is trying to take the death penalty off the table. They take a break. Ted tells his lawyer he wants to make a phone call to Liz. So he's allowed to call from the office nearby where he knows there's going to be a window. Uh Uh-huh. And so he is able to jump the two, three stories because he's been practicing this whole fucking time while the guard responsible has been flirting with a female news reporter covering the trial. Guys, special he, guest star. Right? Meow, meow, Mimosa. meow. She's back since Valentine's Day episode. And this time she didn't bring a guest, so I appreciate that. And she's sitting around my legs, Thank God. Guys. Ted has a second outfit hidden under his clothes. How I, I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, he's in fucking prison. How can he have an outfit? But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we see Liz at home convinced that Ted's coming for her. So she goes to obviously start drinking and her friend's like, you need to stop. Like it's starting to affect your kid. Starting to affect your kid. All right. Day drinking you're doing. So still in denial and wanting to believe it's possible that the only thing that Ted is guilty of is running those stupid fucking stop signs. Her friend is like, come on, babe. Like you've got to be woken up at this point. Six days on the run, Ted is finally found hiding away in the mountains near Aspen when Liz decides to go visit him in prison around Christmas. And Ted gives her a book he's been reading, I think it's called Papillon, about an innocent man found guilty of murder and what it's been like for him in prison. And he tells Liz the one thing to take away from the book is to never lose hope. Right? Don't give up on me, babe. But, too bad for him, Liz is fucking done. And the only reason she came out here was to make it very clear that they're over and that she um, wanted to give him a card that her daughter made him, which he hangs in his cell. Okay. Okay. Back at work in the coffee room, we see Haley Joel making his move. It's like about New Year's resolutions. He's like, there must be something you either want to get rid of or that you want. And she's like, can't it be both? Ted continues to write the letters, call her, blah, blah, blah. But he's also making his plans to escape. Again? See, all right. We see him stealing random objects around the prison, listening carefully to electrical and plumbing within the walls. He waits for the showers to run, which causes the pipes to make enough noise so that he can chisel away at the wall in the ceiling where the light is located. Okay. Okay. Once in the ceiling, he's able to replace said light fixture so it doesn't look like anything's happened. So no mention of the weight loss or the fake body setup. Right. Mm -hmm. The book body. Correct. He is on the FBI's 10 Most Wanted, and he has successfully avoided both search dogs and roadblocks. Are you done with your wine? No. God, no. 
Take a chug. I know. Take a chug. Okay. Shady detective from Colorado shows up at Liz's door, basically threatening her, like, hey, if he shows up, you know what to do, right? And she's like, yeah, thanks, asshole. <laughs> it's like, I hope you didn't come all this way just to tell me that. And he's like, there's some shit that the public does not know about Ted. Uh-oh. That would absolutely disturb you. Yeah, I mean, really warning anything. Her, warning her, whatever you think you know about this motherfucker, you don't know shit. <sighs> Liz. And he hands her this, like, manila folder that says confidential on it or whatever. And she doesn't flinch. She just takes it and walks inside. We see nothing. And he's like, all right. Two weeks later, we see Ted. He's living his best life. He found two hot blondes, college sorority sisters, at some bar in Florida. When the news breaks of a killer murdering two sorority sisters at the Chi Omega house. He had clubbed both of them with a wood log before strangling them to death, one of which he raped, three others beaten before he moved to another house. But is there any way you can put your microphone closer to your mouth? Six blocks away. Thank you. Almost killing another woman. So, you know, like I said, he's he's doing his best. Gross. He gets his dumb ass pulled over by police and none other than said Volkswagen bug, loser. They're not gonna take any chances. And so he's fucking, he takes off running, but he's got like a bum leg, right? From jumping those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So back in Seattle. Liz, the friend, the daughter, <clears throat> they're enjoying a quiet night in when she gets a call from Ted informing her that Sorry. he is in Florida and he's made a deal with police allowing him to call before they announce his arrest and pleads with her to believe that he did not do these things. And she hangs up on his fucking ass. Yeah. In prison, Ted is introduced to the town sheriff who informs him that Florida is more than happy to hand his ass the fucking death penalty. And the sheriff's like, well, Washington might have missed you. Utah gave you away. Colorado lost you. I'm going <laughs> to fry your sick ass. They rip the fucking handmade card from the wall. <laughs> oh, my God. And he tears it up and like fucking papers it all across the floor. Some real big dick energy oh, from this year. I know it was Florida a lot of, came in hot. They really did. No, it gets even better. So then after that, that was the sheriff. The fucking cops come in X game mode. They fucking throw him against the wall <laughs> like a rag doll before they shove a mouth guard into his mouth to take the pictures of his teeth. Yes, because one of his victims, he left bite marks on. Correct. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Again, things I never mentioned. So this fucking sheriff decides it's a good idea to invite the local news crew and reporters and everybody to 
report live as he brings Ted in to hear the charges being brought against him. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. That's a bad move. Right. It's a bad fucking move. So Ted, of course, is cracking jokes at his expense, cutting him off, smiling for the camera, flirting, you know, anything you would expect. Um, news reports that of the 200 fingerprints found at the crimes in the Florida or at the Florida crime scenes, none matched Bundy. Crazy. So was that a fact? Do you? I didn't hear. Anything yeah. About that. I'm like, that seems real fucking weird. Not if he wore gloves and nobody else did. I guess. Yeah. Because think about like a because you're talking about the Kyle Omega house. Mm-hmm. How many people came in and out of that sorority house? Sure. Yeah, you're right. So we see Liz at home. It's daytime, but she's got the curtains drawn. She's drinking, smoking. Her phone's ringing off the hook. When Ted can't get a hold of her or get her to pay attention to him, he reaches back out to Carol Ann Boone. She goes to see him in prison. This is the one from earlier. Notices um, a brace on his leg and they have a good laugh about He's like, it's because I've been running too fast. She eats up every word he says, having a crush on him, tells him she's more than happy to move to fucking Florida to be by his side during all this shit. So meanwhile, Liz is back at home, withdrawn, reading the book that Ted gifted her. And she gets a knock on her door. There she goes. It's Haley Joel bringing her soup. Ready to make his move, baby. uh, Because she hasn't been at work all week. And he assumes she must be under the weather. She invites him into her dungeon of a house. (laughs) And he makes a sweet remark like, well, it's still cleaner than my place. Aww. I know. Ted is assigned his new counsel, Dan Dowd, played played by Brian Geardy. Who? He is one of the serial killers in Big Sky that I've mentioned with yes. Ryan Philippi uh-huh. and all the people from Silence of the Lambs and Fantastic. the fucking earrings in my ears right now. Hey, hey, there you go. Hey, hey. <clears throat> Ted allows Carol Ann to sit in on his meetings with his attorneys when Dowd informs him that if he agrees to plead guilty, they will drop the death penalty. And he's like, really? You motherfuckers think I'm going to plead guilty? Right. Like, who do you think I am? Don't you know what a prolific, amazing lawyer I right. am? Uh-huh. And so Carol Ann is like, well, don't worry. You know, I'll set the record straight on your behalf. I'll do everything I can. Um, and admits, like, when we bumped paths earlier, I told you I was visiting friends, but I was really there to see you. Like, she's oh. been pursuing him. Oh, hot. Mm-hmm. Lead, Nothing sexier than a man on trial for I know, right? abduction and murder. Lead prosecutor for the state of Florida is played by Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. Sheldon? Yep. Mm-hmm. That he name I do know. Does Sheldon. a fucking killer job. Of course he does. He's a great actor. I know. He does a phenom job. So July 8th, 1979, his trial begins and it will be televised. And you can't help but notice the courthouse is full of women. Fucking young, attractive women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to trying to shoot their shot. Mm-hmm. 
Disgusting. All having their googly eyes for Mr. Charismatic Bundy. He's not even good looking. It does that- not please Carol Ann. Judge Edward D. Coart is played by any guess? Your mom. Right. <laughs> losing you already i still have another fucking no 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 no. i just don't have a guess this is the best guess i got john malkovich wow see i would never guess that he's incredible that's amazing right jesus fucking stella he comments on how nice um ted is dressed jokes that he's putting on or ted jokes that he's putting on the appearance of a lawyer today ha 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 they have a good laugh a good chuckle uh, yeah, I will say the lawyer in real life. I didn't say what he said because fuck him too. Um, but basically, he like really gave Ted some props about oh what like how he was sad to see like somebody with so much potential wasted. Oh, I'll go into that. Okay. Good. Oh yeah, no, Fantastic. it's gross. Yeah, and that's why I didn't mention it because I was like, fuck that guy too. Yep. No, it. He absolutely. The judge gives him so many props and this and that and blah blah blah. So we see he killed children I, I know. so Fuck ted off. giving some sexy side eye to his viewers Ooh, with that unibrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of which is liz who was glued to the fucking tv and her cigarettes and her drinks i don't blame her could you right? imagine this I is know. your love of your life i know parsons um is detailing the horrific evidence of the murders so while we don't see the killings they do show the evidence, the pictures, the bodies, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I guess that's something. We see Ted grooming Carol Ann to give the news reporters exactly the version of himself that he wants everyone to believe. All of this is just for ratings and attention. And it's not about getting to the truth. And they're just trying to pin this all on me. Blah, 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 blah. I'm the victim. Piece of shit. Garbage, garbage. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Now, this is fucking bizarro, and I really need your opinion. Okay. During one of the officer's testimonies, he claims Bundy confessed on tape to the murders and also to being a fucking vampire. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) No. I literally have nothing about right. that. Yeah, no. In the movie, to him being a vampire. Did you Google it? No. I'm sh- I am just assumed it was garbage, that it was BS. I mean, I'll Google Ted Bundy vampire no. on your phone and see what happens. Did you Ted Bundy vampire? Um, but somehow, magically, you know, all that footage got erased. So it's all bullshit. And so the, the judge is like, all right, quiet down. Like all of you, you can't you have to cross that out. Pretend like you didn't hear any of it because it's it's not fact. Right. It's just what you've heard. Apparently, between all the raping and the killing, Ted actually did study enough that he seems to make a mockery of the case in court, and he's very pleased with himself the way that he's doing so. We see Liz at home, not alone. Haley Joel is with her, and she's asleep when the phone rings and Haley Joel disconnects the call. We see Haley Joel and Liz watching the trial together. And Liz seems somewhat proud of Ted as she watches him on TV. Like, this is what I always knew you could do. 
Uh-huh. Like this was the lawyer I always thought you were going to grow up to be. Oh, the lawyer that uh, gets him <laughs> sentenced on multiple occasions. Guilty, guilty, this guilty, guilty. This is what guilty. I'm saying. This, like, this movie painted this picture of him that was so different. <laughs> <laughs> You're on her side. I, like, wow, he I is am. a great lawyer. No, I'm like, he's so Whoa. incredible. Oh, my God. He escaped prison twice. I know. And he's a phenomenal he's just, lawyer. He's, and he's fucking cocky. And you know how I like that. Yeah, I know. Who doesn't like that? I Every know. straight woman likes that. But he does push his boundaries. Because he gets a little too cocky. He starts wagging his finger at Malkovich. And Malkovich is having none of it. Hell nah. He was like, you will not disrespect me. Not the John Malkovich. And so when he kind of gets, you know, in trouble, he decides to turn on his own defense team for their incompetence. Yeah, of course. It's Mm -hmm. their fault. They're the worst. One day, his mom shows up at Carol Ann's request because the lawyers have something they need to tell Ted. and She felt it would be best for him to hear it with her present. Uh, once again, they're trying to convince him to plead guilty and have the death penalty dropped. His mom pleading that she shouldn't have to outgrow her son. Oh, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. And Carol Ann telling him that if he were to die, it would all be for nothing. Like such a waste of life. Fuck <laughs> you. I know. I know. And Fuck he's you. and he's pissed. Like, how dare you, incompetent people, even consider me doing like saying I'm guilty or whatever? But he's like, all right, fine. <sighs> I guess I'll consider it. So the next day in court, the counsel is under the impression that he will be changing his plea to guilty. So Malkovich invites him to speak, and he makes a fucking U-turn throws Dowd under the bus like the idea that my own defense would rather force me into admitting guilt than do their job and question whether they have the competency or stamina to keep up with the case. He demands a discharge of his counsel with his right under whatever, blah, blah, blah. His ability to manipulate the whole fucking thing was just astonishing. Dowd gets his panties in a bunch, throws a fit. He's like, fuck you. You can't discharge me. I quit. Like, I'm out of here. Which I guess is kind of accurate to what you said. You said they stormed out of the courtroom. Like, fuck you, bro. Real quick. Mm -hmm. Just the picture you're painting right now. Does Ted Bundy give us Kanye West vibes? Very. Oh, my. <laughs> the way that he's dressed, too. I haven't even mentioned. Like, so dapper. The suits with the ties and the this and the that. And he's like, he is God. He is literally. Yeah. He's giving me. Str- he's the Kanye West of serial right. killers. Oh, my God. So this shit show in the courtroom. People are applauding Ted, his performance, this and that. So Malkovich is like, hey. Remember, this is a fucking capital murder case. For real. Like, let's take this shit seriously. Yeah, he killed innocent people. Get it together, guys. 
at Liz's house, we see Haley Joel going through her mail to take any letters Ted might be sending her. And one day he answers the phone when Ted calls. Girl. Uh oh. Tell me the emotions, the feels. What you're on the other end of Ted Bundy's motherfucking phone call. Okay. But I'm a dude? Yeah. Like, from Haley Joel's perspective, right? Like, you're... I would think it was hilarious. Oh, my God. Because there's nothing he can do about it. Well, maybe he could. He might escape. <laughs> there's always the possibility he could escape. But other than that, I would think it was pretty funny because there's nothing he can fucking do about it. Right. He's in prison for the rest of his life. He tells Ted, bro, stop calling. Like, if you love her so much, just let her go. Hangs up. Like, it's not going to do any good, which doesn't make Ted happy. And he flashbacks to all their beautiful times together. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Before we cut back to Ted and Carol Ann fucking so hard up against a soda machine. All right. In the visiting area after paying off a guard. Yeah, this is all true. Okay. We got another nice ass shot. Not a Efron. How was the sex scene? It was it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, does she end up having a baby? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't see the baby. I but, didn't mention it because again, who cares? I but, mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. After he comes, he seems sad, and <laughs> Carol Ann figures out like, oh yeah, you're you're still in love with Liz, huh? <laughs> That's depressing. Right. <laughs> Oh, when she threatens to leave his ass, he's like, I'll marry you. So. I guess I'll marry you. In court, apparently there's some law in Florida that as long as you do all this shit in a courthouse, if you propose and she says yes, you're basically married. Okay. So they're legally married in court on TV. It's a fucking it's a whole thing okay all right whatever so liz is seeing drinking still yeah she's visibly upset it causes a fight she's hitting Haley joel with like you're just jealous because ted and i have this bond that no one will ever understand okay lady you'll never have what he has he raped children liz no and so to his props he's like i know you're just hurt and so it's making you feel better trying to hurt me so fine like hurt me you know i'll, I'll be here it's okay i'm still Haley joel osmond move on well no he, he's... also liz go touch grass go outside and right. touch some grass girl get some therapy It's also the time that she confides in him that she was the one that gave Ted's name to police. Okay. All right. So it does come into play where she did call the cops. And uh, she's been punishing herself, believing that he could have been innocent and that it's only because of her leading police in his direction that he was ever put in this position she doesn't still think he could be innocent though all right so Haley joel assures her that she did the right thing we see ted and parsons giving their closing statements in court 
Parsons giving the viewpoint. All the evidence is matching Bundy, confirming his presence at the scene of the crime, whereas Bundy is trying to present the idea to the jury that police started with him as the suspect and then somehow manipulated all the evidence to to point it directly at Um, him. That's what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. After seven hours, they came to their conclusion, finding Theodore Robert Bundy guilty on count of murder in the first degree for both women at the sorority house, as well as attempted murder of the other women assaulted that night. We see Liz crying at home, Haley Joel consoling her. Ted's mom takes the stand in an attempt to drop the death penalty. And in the end, Judge Malkovich determines that based on the guilty verdict and wait for it, drum roll, blah, blah, Uh blah. The fact that the killings were extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile yes it's with utter indifference to human life that he should be put to death by electrocution so i like the way that they did tie in the the title title. because i'm like it seems fairly elaborate it's a long title so i do i like the way that they did they they pulled that together i will give them that ted is allowed to make a statement in which he says, I will not ask for mercy because I find it absurd to ask for mercy for something I did not do. I'm not the one responsible for these horrific acts, although the jury found in part that the crimes were committed in error, finding correctly who committed them, blah, blah, blah. He's trying so hard to sound like a lawyer. A fucking... Yeah, right. Malkovich wishes him well. Mm -hmm. Tells him what a bright young man he is. How much he would have loved to have seen him follow his path as a lawyer. He would have done very well had he not chosen to be a fucking monster yeah instead saying how saddened he is at the total waste of humanity that they have experienced in the courtroom he tells ted that he has no animosity against him and tells him to take care of himself which i think is fucked up because you literally just gave him the death sentence you're electrocuting his ass but, you know, take care of yourself, bro. Also, I have tons of animosity against Ted Bundy. Right. Fuck you. Right. So the it just it blew my mind. OK, so we see Liz after the sentencing. She's getting a hold of herself. She's getting rid of all of her alcohol. She's tossing it with the support of Haley Joel and the same friend by her side. And we see Carol Ann sitting in the now empty courtroom, clutching her belly as the lights mm. go t- 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 like cl- close yeah. off. Right. So that's that's all we see. Fast forward to 10 years later. 
Liz seems to be doing well. Looks as if she got promoted at work. Um, she receives one last letter from Ted. From a drawer in her desk, we finally see her pull out that fucking manila envelope. Have you not been okay. dying to know what's in the fucking manila I'm envelope? Dying. Because I've been dying to, know, dying to know what's what in is. that fucking manila envelope that says confidential this whole time. <clears throat> she pulls it out and we go to Florida death row 1989 as news reports that in a desperate last attempt Ted has requested to be seen by a psychiatrist and hopes to be deemed incompetent for execution and in our full circle moment we are back to that scene where Liz is sitting behind the partition waiting for that man that she was so in love with blah 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 yep right but this time she is not having any of his shit all the small talk none of it she's like from the moment i met you all you've ever told me is lies everything out of your mouth is a fucking lie and right now right now you're gonna tell me the goddamn truth let's go liz he gives her all the bullshit. I fell in love with you from the moment I met you. She's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm done. She's like, you won't tell me the truth. That's fine. Then I will start. I will tell you the truth. For years, I've been carrying the guilt that I'm the one who gave your name to police. I'm the one that thought for years that I set you up, that I'm the reason that they've been after you. But really, I'm... I'm the one that could have saved those girls. And so it's your turn now. Like you piece of fucking garbage. Like don't do this to me. So I will ask you again. Did you do it? What do you think he says? Hacksaw. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're fine. (laughs) Shocker. No. No, of course not. Why would he admit to doing anything? Right? So. She begs him to, like, release her from all this pain, blah, 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 blah. And finally, 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 we see what's in the goddamn envelope. It's the picture of a decapitated corpse of a young woman left topless in a field. Logically, he explains when a body's been left in the woods like that, like an animal. And it's like, fuck you, Ted. Like, no, we're we're not to you talk for a while. Yeah. One last time. What did you do to her head? And he calmly puts down the phone and he spells out hacksaw. in like his breath on the partition. I knew it was in there somewhere. Yeah. On the partitioned glass. Mm hmm. And so he never really admitted at this point. Right. And I just read that in some article about because they had mentioned the movie. Yeah. Um, this whole back and forth they're doing between the the visitors with the plexiglass and whatever. This is actually technically a phone call that happened. Yeah. 
Okay. okay. So once he spells that out with his finger, we actually see him back in time with the fake arm sling. Very Buffalo Bill. Oh, shit. Right? Episode 33, convincing a young woman to help him load something into the trunk of his car before he hits her in the head with a tire iron and drags her body into the woods. (sighs) Gross. This is all Liz needs before she breaks down in tears, running away through the prison where she sees all the former detectives from the other states who tried to convince her of the monster that Ted truly was, the faces of the families in the court testifying against Ted as she stood by his side, thinking of all the time he spent alone with her daughter and what could have happened. Could you fucking imagine? No. Before she collapses to the floor sobbing. Poor Liz. God damn. Can you imagine? The love of your life. So once she gathers herself and leaves the prison. Haley Joel and her now teenage daughter are there waiting in the parking lot. And all they can do is hold her. Oh, Right. We end on these notes that Theodore Robert Bundy was executed January 24th, 1989. A day before my third birthday. I did think about that when I saw the date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Days before his execution, he confessed to over 30 murders. But experts believe the number is much higher. He requested his ashes to be scattered in the Cascade Mountains where he deposited many of the remains of his numerous I can't believe they gave him what he wanted either. Carol Ann gave birth to Ted's daughter. And while he was still on death row, like, I, I guess, like, they divorced? I have no idea. I don't know. Anyways, and the last thing we see is the name of all the victims in type on the screen before they cut the credits. So you didn't have a list. There's where you're gonna get where you're gonna get your list. It's Perfect. right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I said, it paints a picture of Ted that I was not okay with. Yeah, you didn't like how it made you feel. It's very sweet and just he's they play up the fact that he's charismatic mm-hmm. and he's confident and blah 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 blah. not okay with it ted bundy 2002 Wait, how many knives do you give this one <sighs> after everything two dang Gina. okay but don't compare it to the case just watching it as a movie on its own how watching many it, it on three okay fine all right so bundy 2002 Many similarities, but this one, the Ted is exactly what I wanted him to be. Fucking gross. Disgusting. Skeezy, creepy, slimy. Like, you see him in the mirror practicing his fucking... Being a weirdo. Uh Uh-huh. Any big actors in this? No. (laughs) Of course not. No. Uh Uh-uh. Not one. And the guy who plays him... I mean, I guess for someone in 2002 trying to pull off a 70s look, like, attractive. I don't know. 
right? Because again, though, people kept talking about how fine Ted Bundy was uh, today. Not. To this yeah, day, I know people talk about how hot Ted Bundy was. Right. And I do not see it. I maybe he's just not my type. I guess. But the beady-eyed, thin-lipped, unibrow is right. not my vibe. Right. Weasley body, you know. Yes. And I will say that this film doesn't fucking jump around like the other one. Oh, chronological the way you like uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. And we start with him driving his Volkswagen bug to Your the- appliances make so many noises. <laughs> it scares me so much. <laughs> the local university where he is taking psychology classes. We learn later in the movie that he flunked out of law school. Multiple times, really. Right. So this was like something else to do in the meantime. And on the way, we see him touching himself in the car while watching female students walk by. And I'm like, off the bat, off the bat, this is the vibe I want to get from a serial killer. This is what I'm talking about. Can you imagine... Just watching a person and, and having touching yourself. the uncontrollable right. urge. I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> you maniac. You're out in the broad daylight. He spends his time outside of school doing normal college kid stuff like shoplifting, <laughs> stealing from women's purses, as well as taking a fucking TV left on display outside of another appliance store and a fucking decorative plant <laughs> from the lobby of a motel. All right. That I actually like a lot. That is like, totally- literally in one day he hits up all of these places like really he's decorating his fucking dorm room or some shit so far that's the only thing about ted bundy i like if that's I, true i really really like that about and him. this movie is way more i think spot on on some- and that's so something my husband and i would have done we have stolen no. um <laughs> no we've taken my husband and i have taken uh the giant ashtray garbage can situation of that course. was like outside of a gas station before yes. yeah Oh, my God. I'm dying. Okay. Anyways. So. (laughs) That's funny. That night, (laughs) we see him hitting up the clubs. Ooh. And when I tell you, like, homie does not have moves. (laughs) Obviously not. Like, he is not. But, but, like, again, like, when I think of the Ted Bundy that's been hyped up. And Zac Efron. Right. It's like, this is not what I'm expecting. Because you watched Zac Efron first, right? Yes. Yeah, obviously mm-hmm. we've talked about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he finally convinces a girl to dance with him. And the dance scene is so epically bad. Dang. Like, imagine me trying to dance 70s. Yes. Right? Just... It's a vibe. I like it. I know. I loved it. I loved it a lot. It was choreographed in the worst and best way. He waits outside the club for her to leave separate from her friends before following her home. Do you need your second, Truly? I will. Yeah. I got like a sip left. Take that sip, girl. Mm-hmm. Let me get through this. He waits for her to enter before... Ugh. Creeping 
up to her bedroom window to watch her undress and jack off. Ew, disgusting. Also, we will not blame the victims because these motherfuckers should not be out here peeping, peep tomming and jacking off. However, if you're going to get naked, close your curtains because you never know what fucking psychopaths are out there. How proud were you that when I had to call your husband to flip our bacon, <laughs> that the front door was locked? I was very proud. And then you gifted us with some bacon mm-hmm. and we cooked it tonight. Not all of it, but yeah. like half of it. Yeah. Delicious. That's amazing. Delicious bacon. Mm-hmm. So. He's fortunately caught by the upstairs neighbor who throws a glass of water on him. <laughs> and Ted's fucking pissed. Fuck you, Ted. Not only did he not get to finish, now he's covered in water. So he's back in his car. He sees another young girl walking by. He pulls over, grabs a blunt object from his dashboard. It looks like the handle of a hammer, but with no head. Creeps up behind her. When she's going to unlock her car and bashes her head in, knocking her down, but not out. So she's screaming and she's fighting back. Not sure what to do. He decides to steal her purse and drive away. So she does get to see him drive away in his Volkswagen bug. That's the funniest part to me is the the fact that he's doing this in a bug. I know. And also the fact that there was like 42,000 bugs in Washington alone. Alone. The game of slug bug you would have had. You just beat the crap out of your sibling. I know. He goes through all the emotions in his car. He's first panicked and then scared like he might get caught. And then he starts laughing like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gets mad again before he pulls over. To stop and make a phone call. It's like 4 a.m. She answers the phone. And the first thing out of her mouth is, this better be good, Ted. Oh, okay. (laughs) Right. So immediately off the bat, a totally different perspective on this Liz relationship. Uh Uh-huh. Her name is not Liz in the movie. In this movie, she goes by Lee. Okay. She's way more self-conscious and clingy. Whatever. They meet up at the park the next day. She brings her daughter along. And Ted can tell that she's pissed for ghosting her while he's been away at school. So he gifts her a bracelet to calm her down. And all, like immediately she, ac- immediately she accuses him of stealing it, saying... It's not like it's never happened before, Ted. Uh-oh. Right? What does so, that mean? Because he's known for shoplifting. Right. Right? A version of Ted I'm not familiar with based on the other movie. Ted is having none of her shit, grabs her aggressively by oh, her shit. arm, and tells her, you ever talk to me like this again and I'll break your fucking neck. Ew. Yeah. Get out of there, girl. Uh-oh. Lee decides. Red flag, red flag. At this point, not to leave. Oh, no. She apologizes. <sighs> Lee. Explaining the only reason she would say that is because she believes in him, his bright future as a lawyer, something she's been giving him money to help him do. And he's like, oh, 
by the way, I flunked out of law school. (laughs) (laughs) So back at her house later that night, this fucking loser, they decide to fuck. And he tries to flip her over. And she's like, nope. You're going to look at me while you're inside of me, you asshole. Oh, wow. And that really pisses him off. So he goes to pound town, like smothers her face to the point where she can't breathe. She's asking or or he's asking, is this what you want? Is with is this what you think that love feels like? Is this what you think love making is right just cutting her off so she can't <clears throat> see or breathe or anything she apologizes once again because she kicks him off so he doesn't get to finish oh no right? the next day we see ted at work at a health center answering crisis calls like suicide hotline shit perfect is this real Oh, it's vaguely in the back of my memory and it might have something. Yes, it is real. Okay. Yep. Actually, now that you mentioned it, because there was a whole thing about the fact that ironically, Ted Bundy has saved lives before Yeah, when he worked for the suicide, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like this might be the tie in to the thing he was doing for the police department Mm. of the Mm -hmm. violence against women or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, it's all intermingled, and yes, it is real. Amazing. After a hard day's work, he goes back to the house where he got caught jacking off the first time, which is a ballsy fucking move. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we kill, we see him kill someone. Okay. He enters the room while she sleeps and hits her over the head with a hammer before handcuffing her to the bed and beating her to death. And from there, it amps up. It gets, like, from the very next night, we see him following a new girl home, enters through her window that's been left cracked open. He waits in the darkness for her to go to bed before he punches her in the head. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Wraps her unconscious body in her comforter and carries her to the back of his car. Which I thought was bizarre that no one walking by or driving by or anything would just happen to see this. Would you have noticed? I mean, probably not. Right. Yeah, I just, it's crazy. Another night we see Lee and him. And of course, they're fighting this time about his family. Lee upset that she doesn't know anything about Ted when he points out that he's been like well first after accusing her of being paranoid and overbearing that at the age of five he learned that his sister was actually his mother which Uh and that at 17 the man he thought was his father wasn't Uh uh-huh right the next day we see ted with a cast on his arm asking a woman for help carrying his books to his car and when she leans in to place the books on the passenger side seat he knocks her out with the tire iron and slides her body in and that night ted and lee are with friends discussing the missing women like oh it could be ted ha 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 thinking it's funny because he matches the description like you said like ken and barbie Mm. suddenly the movie takes a turn 
We're in the woods. Ted is dragging a woman out of his car. Possibly the woman we've seen him, you know, taken out before, but whatever. Mm-hmm. She's sobbing for her life. Oh. Uh, and he's yelling at her about how hard his life has been. Oh, yeah. Before he strangles her with a rope from behind. And he's really getting off on the power that he has over her saying shit like, here, I make the rules. This is the court of Ted. Ew. Yeah, what I, yes, what I say goes, blah, blah, blah. Now, (laughs) Ted and Lee are once again enjoying each other's company, this time on a boat dock and I don't know. What do you think they might be doing? Fucking? Fighting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yet I again. Put myself in a boat. No, they're like, mm. fucking fighting again. Fighting on a boat? About him leaving to go back to school for a new semester. Um, Ted dismisses her feelings, calling her crazy and controlling and she's like, "Fine, because I don't agree with you. You're treating me like I'm crazy." So the motherfucker pushes her off the boat dock. <laughs> I swear to God. What? Into the what? <laughs> Just leave, Lee. You gotta get out of there, girl. I would have killed. The motherfucker myself. I just would have left. That would have been the end. I would have been so goddamn done. Yes. And of if, course. if pushing your girlfriend into the lake isn't enough fun for one day, he goes home to play dress up with one of his corpses. Oh, and very it is Buffalo the, Bill. It is the hacked off head. So this is what you're saying. Like, is he making this shit right. up? Right. They did reference it in the movie. It could be bullshit. We don't mm-hmm. know. But mm-hmm. it is in the movie. He is like very much so playing dress up with this head, whispering sweet nothings to this head, saying things so much sweeter to this head than he would ever say to his actual fucking girlfriend. Right. Right. Incredible. Anyways. Um, as you mentioned, very Dahmer. So that's episode 36, The Monster of Milwaukee. You were very proud of that of title. Co- I really was. Um, also very Dahmer-like. The very next day at the apartment, of course, Lee is going to come back. They need to make up after she's been pushed into the fucking lake. I right? would have been so done, Lee. And she mentions the smell. And he oh, bl- very Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh-huh. And he blames it on a sandwich that he left out that must have spoiled. But the smell definitely didn't spoil the mood. Wow. Because they have makeup sex. And he manages to convince her to let him tie her up to the bed for the first time. He uses this line like, what better way to show me how much you love me than to give me absolute control over your body? I don't want you to move. I don't want you to talk. Do not breathe. 
breathe no and she's basically like so you want me to pretend like i'm dead and he's like yeah that'd be great <laughs> oh my god uh-huh. a sunny day at the beach oh so they don't play that all the way out oh no they play it all the way out. well what am i gonna tell you you really want me to fucking <laughs> Well, I just want to uh, walk you through the pounding. She goes with it. That we, oh, yeah. That we see her get. She and it's, goes yeah. For oh, it. okay, oh great. yeah. It's awful. A sunny day. <laughs> so we're a sunny day at the beach. We see Ted convinced not one, but two pretty blonde girls to help him with his sailboat with the oh. fake fucking cast. Uh huh. He takes them individually to a rundown shack or cabin or whatever the fuck you want to call it in the woods. One is handcuffed to a pipe bleeding from her head as the other tries to run away. But she trips on a decomposing body of another woman that's been left tied up in this wooded area so in this movie this is his spot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he drags her back to this shed thing this is the first time we see him rape someone he does so in front of the other woman bashing their heads open with a rock once finished Uh... next thing we know ted is packed up and is on his way to salt lake as police Find three bodies in the woods. Uh huh. And these are the same three bodies or different three bodies? The same three bodies. Okay, we we have a fun montage of newspaper articles flashing across the screen about the missing women. We see naked, bloodied bodies popping up, sketches from witnesses, blah, blah, blah. He's getting more creative over time. And Just like you described, he's pretending to be a police officer when he lures a woman into his car, but today he fucked up, Uh and this woman puts up a fight and gets Carol! Yes. So I appreciate, like, how closely they're keeping things accurate to the story. He's fucking seedy and gross, and these women at the lake, and now this, him pretending to be the cop, all of it. Just like the other film, this is the woman who picked Ted out of the lineup. He is arrested and stands trial for kidnapping. When arrested, cops note what they call the rape kit found in his car. The nylon, the hacksaw, the crowbar, gloves, handcuffs, rope, knife, lock picking tools. And they're like... How the fuck are you going to explain all of this mm-hmm. being in your car? One, two, sure, all of this. And what does he say? He doesn't. Oh, okay. I thought he was no. going to come with a quick. No. So in the other movie, we're still seeing Liz supporting Ted at this point. But here, Lee goes to visit Ted at prison because she's upset at the rumors that he's been seeing another woman bum, bum, bum. while incarcerated. 
one he claims is only there to assist in finding the truth and helping him get released. Who I can only assume would be our Carol Ann. Carol Ann. They never give her name in this movie. Mm -hmm. She is not a mention. So during the meeting, Ted drops the bomb that not only is he being tried for the kidnapping, but also for the murders and everything is finally registering for Lee. And you see her face change like, oh, my God, you're a fucking monster. We see Ted transferred to Aspen to stand trial. He is allowed to study in the library, in the courthouse, under watch by Uh a guard. And what do we know happens? He escapes. This guy takes a smoke break while Ted escapes through the second story window. And he's not gone for long. Before he tries to steal a car and he's back in prison. And once again, we see him paying off security so he can fuck Carol Ann. But this time, it's hardcore. Hardcore pounding in the middle of two vending machines. Still it's vending machines. Well... Other people are in the room. Like, kids are literally in there to see, like, relatives. The whole thing is packed full of visitors. Like, it's... And, like, I expect that from a prisoner or a Ted Bundy type. Mm -hmm. But what does that really say about Carol Ann? I know. So, there's, like, a guard standing there, like, acting as a shield or whatever. But still. Woo! After getting his... Rocks off. Yeah. He's back in his cell and we see the cracks in the wall leading to his second escape. Three days after, he's in Tallahassee, Florida, trying to rent a room under the name Chris Hagen, where he pays cash so the owner won't ask any questions. Oh, geez. Uh oh. <clears throat> he cleans himself up. He steals a van, hits the bar scene. And of course, we're back to the two sorority sisters that he watches from a distance. As one walks home, he awaits from the distance, waiting for them to fall asleep. He finds a fucking log stacked on the side of the house before walking through the front door. And we know what happens. But right. we actually get to see it this time. At the Chi Omega house. The blood splattering across his shirt, his face, the wall. Him bashing their heads in. Him rolling one over to take a bite out of her ass. Only stopping once he hears another girl come home which he does walk past on the stairs as he walks out. She's walking up and he gets in the car to drive away as she screams. Oh, shit. Finding their bodies. That would be so terrifying. Could you imagine? No. The very next day, we see him convince a young girl something has happened to her father and she needs to come with him immediately Before we are transported into an open field where we see articles of clothing thrown about and we hear him thrust as he rapes 
thank God they do not show. This is Kimberly. Yeah, this uh, is yeah, this is the twelve year old. They do not show any of this. Thank God. But we hear all this disgusting, whatever. Loser Ted ends up taking a nap in his van on the side of the road, obviously wearing himself out, cocky-ass motherfucker, gets spotted by police. He cannot get far because of his fucked-up leg. And thank God, it's so satisfying, the cop that catches him, like, beats the shit out of him. Good! (laughs) Like, with the back of their gun, like, knocks him. Yes! It's so fucking satisfying. We watch real life footage of Ted being found guilty for killing the 12 year old girl, which as well as the 12 or the two women from the sorority house, Uh which is something the other movie didn't really. They kind of glossed over. Right. Yeah. Probably because no one wants to talk about a 12 year old getting killed. But that is for sure one of the first things he was found guilty of in real life. Right. And it, it wasn't so much in the other movie. Um, and it was noted before his execution, Ted declined his last meal. Do you know anything about the last meal? I didn't look it up. Okay. I was going to and then I just didn't. He was offered the default last meal in Florida. Which is literally my go-to hangover breakfast. What? Steak and eggs? Absolutely. Yeah. Steak and eggs with hash browns, coffee, toast, buttered, and fucking juice. And bees all perfect last meal. I'm I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I've ordered that meal so many times in my life exactly that way. My juice being apple. (laughs) <laughs> it's life-saving. Thank yeah. you. Oh, my God. We see real images of all the people who basically tailgated his death, right. which I think is fucking epic. Yeah. Like, I will I will tailgate anything. Give me a fucking... Anything. Right, I will tailgate. This motherfucker, for yeah. sure, I'll tailgate his death. Right. We see in prison Ted trying to get his electrocution postponed. But when that doesn't work, he starts spilling the beans as he describes cutting a woman's head off with a hacksaw, taking it home. Um, Like we talked about where he's like doing the, all the makeup and all that shit. None of this was revealed to Liz like we saw in the other movie, right? This was just like on the phone in an interview or whatever. Now, shit's going to get real graphic. Because as we're preparing him for his electrocution, uh-huh. they go into it. Finally, what he was doing. J- just no. What goes into his electrocution. Oh, okay. So we see the priest read him his last rites as the guards have to forcibly remove him from his cell as he cries and trembles in their arms. They prepare him by shaving his head, stuffing him full of cotton to keep him from shitting himself. Oh, my God. Which they showed way more than I was comfortable with. (laughs) Ted screaming for them to stop. They're more than happy to keep going. Like, oh, did you 
stop for your victims. Good. Let's go. No, I know. Uh Uh-huh. So, before securing everything in an adult diaper and escorting him to his electric chair, we see 11 people present at the execution. His final statement in the movie is tell my family I love them. His actual statement in life, give my love to my family and friends. Okay. The movie shows him convulsing blood from the eyes, the nose. I mean, basically anything you would expect from an electrocution. It's worth noting that the officer who got to pull the trigger, I guess you would say, was a female. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's true. We see Lee with her new guy sitting on the couch together watching the news as they mark Ted's death at 7.16 a.m. And the movie ends with a real picture of Ted... And it's my, it's one of my inspirations for tonight. I don't know if, unless you want to do the one. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not here as Lee. So here, here is my other inspiration for the night. The only way I can describe it is him jumping for joy. Yeah. Doing like the heel click. Yes. Yes, exactly. And across this picture, it reads the term serial killer was first used to describe Ted Bundy, which isn't true because we we've talked about it in other episodes and it might be true well i'm sure it was used to describe him it it wasn't first used to describe him it was first used to describe like the ripper and other guys i don't know if they had coined it as serial killer right they meaning like journalists whoever had came up with serial killer yet right so that's an argument in itself. But there were so there were lots of serial killers before Ted Bundy. Yes. We don't know if the term serial killer had been concocted yet, used yet before Ted Bundy. Yeah. So in the months leading up to his execution, he received more than 200 letters a day. From female admirers claiming to be in love with him. And that, I can at least tell you, we know is true for sure. And disgusting. Yeah, we know that much. Get some therapy. Right. All right. So is that the end? That I did it. My full like 30 pages of notes. So how many knives for that This movie fucking killed it. It gave me the skeezy, gross Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a four. Oh, wow. They think about like they kept like you were saying how the sex got rough and the shitty relationship. They got the facts with the the lake and everything. Yeah. A four. Yeah. I'm going to give it a strong four. The only opinion I have is that I feel like both movies are good and that Ted Bundy himself is a mix of the two. Agreed. I feel like Ted Bundy himself was obviously a sleazeball. He fucking killed people and was gross about it. 
And then also he could present himself like the Zac Efron character. So I feel like Ted Bundy is a mix of the two. Yeah. So there you go. No, for sure. That was the only opinion I had be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I think you said it best prior when we weren't on air where it's like, I don't want to be left watching a movie feeling like it's okay to fuck Ted Bundy. (laughs) So you were much happier with the sleazy Ted Bundy. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Fair enough. That's my take on it. Great. I don't want to fuck Ted Bundy. God, who does? Don't let me feel that way just because it's Zac Efron. Right. All right. Perfect. Well, you have our opinions. You have our ratings. You have our take on Ted Bundy now. He's done. Check him off the list. If I know us at all, it means that next week will be something stupid. You know, I've I've now. I have taken on Ted Bundy now for two weeks straight. It's too much. I'm done with two weeks of Bundy and we're done. (laughs) I can't take any more. Bundy. I know. Um, so we'll do something dumb next week. I'm sure. Yay. Um, for pictures of this week's episode. Oh, that's right. My look of the week. I, oh, fuck. I always. Okay. Yes. Yes. Look of the week. What are we doing? I mean, cause you're talking about pictures. What are we taking pictures of? My yes. look of the week. Of course. B's look of the week. So the last movie ended with this fucking look that we just described the, right, to the you. Heel the, click. the heel click. In, he's in like a meadow. Uh, I'm going to try to recreate that. You want to do it tomorrow morning or like tomorrow? Like No, in the I'm leaving. Okay, I know, but I'm just saying. Do you want to do it at a point where you're in a yard, a meadow, uh, whatever? No, um, we need to do it tonight. It's midnight. <laughs> where are we doing it? In my yard. Perfect. Yeah, right in the front yard. <laughs> Great. Let's do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's <laughs> happening, guys. It's happening. I'll put it on full flash night <laughs> yes. mode so you can see the yard. Because it's actually like a really shitty quality picture. He yeah, is. It's the 70s. Uh, yeah, and yeah. So it'll work. It'll be great. Uh-huh. Perfect. <laughs> We're doing it, people. we got to wrap this up so I can go get changed into my jeans and my weird boat looking shoes and some... <laughs> leather jacket thing with a sweater built in and a weird cheesy smile on my face. I'm going to click some heels in there. It's going to be magic motherfuckers. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be again our neighbors if they're <laughs> up watching us at midnight going what the is fuck? wrong with these motherfuckers? <laughs> I always go back to Eileen Wernos, right? The mm-hmm. monster episode of us with an actual gun not loaded thank god but my husband's actual like 45 i can't no i can't i'm just knowing that those neighbors have no. security cameras pointed at us no, like, oh no i'm deceased i can't <laughs> so we'll do that you'll see pictures of it THC I'm podcast. sure cops have seen pictures of it. Like, who are these fucking people? THC pod. We have to find our center. Okay, mm. right now. Find your center. We're at the end. B's falling out right now. Find your center. Yeah. THC podcast. Yes. On Instagram. Yes. Only Instagram. Instagram or die. Instagram or die. 
please on any podcast streaming services leave us rate like subscribe is that yep. a thing all those things anything hearts a- thumbs presents we don't bells care. leave us a comment ring it all ring a ding if you leave us a comment i will get back to you we love you thank you so much we will see you next week no we will see you oh that's right <laughs> god damn you <laughs> we will see you next time yeah motherfuckers <laughs> bye adios goodbye bye, thank you bye oh, oh my god okay, press stop I'm- press stop <laughs>